Well met. This has been Brode, and you're watching Born to be Cosmo. <laughs> oh, snap. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Born to be Cosmo, podcast where we talk about all things Marvel Snap. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, balance changes, new season, new season pass card. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to put a little warning here at the start, a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, tonight's episode, you know, might be on the spicier side. We have a lot of opinions, uh, but I want to just preface it by saying that we love Marvel Snap. We're going to call out the things that we enjoy. We're going to call out the things that we don't enjoy. And, you know, I think that we, we will tackle those with equal passion and authenticity. So just a fair warning to put it out there. Um, Nate, Zombies, good to be here with you guys tonight. Got How it. are you all feeling? Doing well. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to chatting about all the, the recent developments because... Uh... I feel like we haven't had the game flipped on its head in such a way in a very long time. As Maybe we are since right now. the release of High Evo. Yeah, High Evo feels, is the first this... one that comes to mind. <clears throat> but feels it, more, this feels more significant. So yeah, yeah. let's let's jump right in because there's a lot to talk about. So I thought we would start by talking about the balance changes that uh, were that happened on tuesday september the 5th in that patch mm -hmm. because um it does factor into the conversation a little bit but i think that it's good context to have when we kind of transition and talk about um loki um so that was a previous ota that flashed on screen. there we go my um, bad <laughs> i fixed right. it all right I perhaps I, I gave you the, yeah you just did that to, to torture for zombies so a pretty big update and some surprising changes and some well, I think they were all pretty surprising. Yeah, uh, I think maybe the only one that wasn't absorbing. surprising, yeah, Absorbing Man. It was like, yeah, we expected so, that, kind of. Yeah, so first change is Blade. Uh, the classic discard card, 1-3, discard a card at random, now discards your rightmost card, which for the discard enthusiasts, they will tell you is a huge buff. Um, and uh, Blade's awesome really cool change i'm really i've been really enjoying playing with blade and yeah. uh oh man nothing's better than like sif and blade on on four double double proc on the apocalypse blade into Perfect. lockjaw or especially if you like top deck the the swarm and i mean yep. safety's got to be like going going to the moon because he was always i mean blade is where the the blade part of his name comes from and he's always loved that card and yep. it has always been pretty bad so it's it's nice to see them make it it just shows the impact of removing the full randomness Random. yeah. on a discard card and how they yeah. can really make a pretty unplayable <clears throat> card rather relevant which is always nice to see yeah uh so i think we're all happy with that change um now moving to the next change which i think some people might be happy about um others such as myself or not a nerf to Spider-Ham. So now instead of targeting the most costly card in one's hand, it now bonks the leftmost card, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. And the idea is that over time, the more expensive cards will drift to that side of your hand. Um, but this is a pretty significant nerf. There are a lot of costly cards that um, become huge liabilities after they're bonked. 
Doctor Doom, Iron Man, Apocalypse. Uh, Apoc. Well, yeah, Apocalypse is like yeah. That was the that. one they named basically. I, yeah, it was Apocalypse it, it, and like one other card where they were yeah. like, we didn't like how this card is like single singularly destroying these archetypes, and I think it's a reasonable position to have. Yeah, but. I also think this card got like nuked from orbit and mm-hmm. if they wanted to change it this way, I think the least they could have done is made it a one drop again instead of mm, it being I agree. a two drop. Uh, I think I I can see the rationale for why they didn't want it to always hit the highest cost card, but I think now at a two drop for hitting the leftmost it's just like I I went from playing ham a lot to not really wanting to to play I haven't played all. it since the yeah I haven't played it since the balance change, but I have played a lot of Apocalypse, so I'm I'm kind of hmm. conflicted now on this because I, yeah, I right. do like Apocalypse, <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty harsh change. Uh, I think a lot of this had to do with player sentiment as well. Um, it, it was funny, like there'd be like flare-ups of anti-ham sentiment, um, oh, yeah. amongst the player base, but it was very it was a lot more sporadic than one might think. Anyways, Ham is dead, and of course they did this after we all opened our spotlights for the wonderful Rian variant uh, from a couple weeks back. Oh, I saw so many people who were mad. They were just like, I just spent 3k on Ham. Are you kidding me? And <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't get mad at that sort of thing because I'll lose my mind. I'm not yeah, saying that their the feelings the are game. invalid. They're totally valid. You know, you buy a card, and, and with it being as expensive as it is, if it gets changed... You know, you're going to feel feelings. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I try to not think of it that way because um, it, it's an easy spiral to get into. Okay, next, Absorbing Man. Uh, a slight nerf. Uh, so Absorbing Man was buffed from a 4-3 to a 4-5 um, and then was nerfed on Tuesday back down to a 4-4. So still higher than where Absorbing Man started. Um, it's still... This is more of like a little bit of a tune than uh than a than a gut um so yeah. little 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 bit of a reduction on absorbing man mm-hmm. so that the uh brood clones uh i guess yeah just weakening the power of that combo it's it's funny to me though and this is why and we'll talk about it more later it's funny to me that this was the you know they were nerfing the curve out where you essentially got like two 15 power lanes and then like a few days later we're having a two drop the collector end up being 15 plus power on its own a lot of the time it's like so if this tells you that and that was a like a multi-card combo right to get the two lanes you had to go forge into brood into absorbing man you had to hope like oh the the locations better not be bad for me uh like if they get filled up or whatever or if they're restrictive then the combo's not as good whereas like now we're seeing that happen with just like one one card for one lane, and then the other the other cards are usually just powerful enough stealing from your opponent. Plus, I mean, why is Loki five power? <laughs> um, we'll we'll save that for later. It's just it's funny to see that this is clearly like they they want the the early game or like the curve out to not be as ridiculously like high numbers as we were seeing with the absorbing man deck and now we're seeing like arguably higher numbers well that'll be a card to certainly continue to watch um next is a a significant rework and perhaps zombies since you've had the most uh game time with this card both pre and post change (laughs) although pre is very relative um snow guard yeah yeah pretty interesting change there 
Safety Blade's second favorite card of the the, the patch. Um, this was pretty crazy, and I'm really happy they did this because Snowguard was memed on a lot, and rightfully so for being one of the worst cards in the game. It was it was really really bad. I tried to make it work, and it was funny when I tried to make it work before the buff. I ne- I didn't realize truly how bad it was in that. So I, I had safety reconfirm this because I barely played with it before the change, and I didn't remember. It always started as the hawk, and then it would turn into the bear, and then it would turn into the hawk. But when you drew it, it would always start as the hawk. So if you drew it on turn one versus turn two, the turn you would have access to the hawk or the bear would be different every game. Mm. So And that was like really, really impactful, because let's say you want to play it on let's say turn three or something or turn six or let's say there's one turn where you really want the hawk and because of your draw rng there's a 50 50 chance it's not going to be the right thing on that turn um so it was already like niche but you couldn't even consistently make use of the effect that when you needed to because let's say i needed to play it on turn five to shut off dream dimension or turn four to shut off dream dimension and it's the wrong form. I can't just play it next turn because then the effect goes off. Um, so that was a big issue for the card. And then a not gameplay related issue was a lot of people didn't like that you couldn't see the variants. Uh, we we complained about that with like the Phoenix Force <coughs> and Jean Grey. Uh, it, well, just the Phoenix Force, I guess. Um, but it, it's a shame because the card is great art and you never got to like see any of the art because it was never in the base form. So going from a 1-2 that just transforms and flips back and forth in hand to now a 1-2 that gives you a 2-3 version of the bear and the hawk in hand, it, it's unironically, I think, like top five, maybe even top three one-drops in the game right now. I've played, obviously, everyone's going to be like, well, Loki, and yes, uh, Loki is really good with this card because it's a one-drop that gives you two cards. The The next card that gives you two cards is Coulson a three drop like the difference between one and three is insane um and that's not accounting for the fact that these two drops are like they're good statted two drops with insane effects like the effects are good the hawk actually got even better because before the hawk was uh next turn the locations aren't active now when it appear when it enters play it shuts them off that turn and until the end of next turn so like this card just got i think this is like maybe one of the strongest buffs they've ever done um Mm. it's actually crazy how impactful it is and even loki decks aside this has been powerful because now some decks like i've been playing the different version of the on reveal deck safety was playing and the issue i had with that deck was you need early game to get cards on the board so you're like iron heart does good things but you also don't want to run a ton of early game because you have stuff like Jubilee. You need more spaces in your late game for like the good on reveal cards. But Snowguard's great because in one card, it gives me multiple cards that help me like curve out in the early game. And as yeah. we've seen with Legion, location control is so powerful. Like Lambie yep. was saying today how he run- he thinks the Snowguard plus the Legion package is just it's insane how much manipulation you have over locations and it's a really really strong thing if um if i could play control sarah which i can't because loki well it's um, fine you won't be able to play it because of mobius in like three weeks <laughs> well no you play your own mobius but Snowguard would be a really yeah good... but they cancel each other out like y- your cards are you 
like if you have Mobius and they have Mobius, nobody's getting any reductions, right? Oh, Mobius. No oh, well, <laughs> I thought that for a while too, but no, it's just if two Mobiuses are out, cards, no cards can cost less. Oh God, that's gross. Well, okay. Um, if they nerf Loki before Mobius comes out, Snowguard might make a very good control Sarah card. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think even in Sarah Surfer, how many times have we been like, well, you want more early game in your Surfer deck, but you don't really want to run a bunch of, well, one drops are often awkward. Oh, yeah, it's like an auto curve and... if, if you want with this. Yeah, it's just yeah. very strong. And the fact that you have like you can mitigate difficult locations, it it's kind of like Scarlet Witch in that way. But yeah. uh, like that one location where it's like, oh, you can't play three or less costs. Well, you don't care because Snowguard does it to all the locations. So you, unlike Witch, where you can't really get rid of that with Witch because she's a two-cost card, it's just, it's very, it's crazy how impactful the card has been. Um, and uh, part of me is almost a little worried, uh, not really for balance reasons, uh, but more so like, I, I wonder if they fully realize the impact of just how much they tuned up this card. Uh, and I'm I'm low low key <laughs> kind of worried they may actually like have to readjust it a little bit later down the line because it's such like I can't overstate how good of a one drop it feels like because it's it's giving you two drops that are good and have unique effects and whatnot and the the hawk's much better than the bear but sometimes the bear is really really strong too. I know how like, they're gonna nerf it. How's that? They're gonna they're gonna have it play the same way, except instead of generating two cards, it generates one that flips every turn. I could definitely see if, that if the would card make ended it. up being too good, but man, I would hate yeah. that so much because what? Like I talked, I did a whole little video about Snowguard, and the <laughs> lack of RNG on the card is not only what makes it better right now, <clears throat> but makes it feel enjoyable to play. Like. I think it would go right to the dumpster if if it went from two cards to to one card and flipping. I mean, maybe it would still be better than the old one. Um, right. But yeah, I I, I think they want to, and this this is one of the things that I think you know the spotlight system encourages. Like, I memed on Snowguard and was like, well, you know, if you want Alioth or Hitmonkey, it's probably a good week, but you better hope you dodge Snowguard. Like, they're incentivized to make the worst series four or five cards better. Because they don't want you to have that feeling of, oh, I got a terrible, useless card this week. Um, and well, speaking of terrible, yeah. useless, <laughs> good and segue. feeling bad. Um, sorry, I thought you were finished. Your thought. That was guilt <laughs> no, uh, time on my done. part. That was good. <laughs> I, I thought like, yes, I got the perfect segue. Anyways, speaking of feeling bad and terrible, uh, the last card that received a nerf in this balance patch inexplicably was thanos <clears throat> um soulstone has been nerfed to no longer draw you a card which is now making thanos kang and Le galactus levels of bad in my yeah. opinion it's probably not as dire as all that but this really felt like a very left field change to me and i think a lot of us are like wondering and left speculating and 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 you know preemptive nerf maybe i i don't know but like i mean preemptive nerf but why didn't you preemptively nerf loki right like <laughs> yeah. anyways we'll get to loki in a second but uh i'm not happy about this change um even if it becomes evident why it was needed um knowing that 
that was the reason in advance might help in the interim. Anyways, I'm I'm not super stoked on this. I I feel like Thanos is unplayable. Yeah, it it's it it feels really bad to play. I tried to play it a bit, and it's just like uh, Dino now gets a lot worse in Thanos because you have one less cycling tool. The the lockjaw decks are just completely dead because they were already having a tough time. They were already through. completely dead. Well, with Thanos, right? Yeah, I mean, some people made them work. Like the human spider is still doing good with it and whatnot, but I think that's more of a being a really good player with a, a very like medium deck. Um, but it it just it didn't feel good to me before, and now it feels absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. And it, I don't. I imagine if they were trying to target like a current version of Thanos, it was probably like the Thanos controlly versions that were getting popular. But truthfully, <laughs> like. Were they really that popular, and were they really doing so many things that were more powerful than other decks? Because I don't think anyone really felt that way, and I don't think the stats re- that we have access to really painted that kind of picture. So in the last it- 30 days, from rank 70 to 100 plus, uh, Thanos' control was 1.3% of the decks registered. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, like, it wasn't con- that popular. Yeah, contrarily... Um, uh, other decks like uh, Discard is at 4.2. Um, the Infinaut deck with uh, the She Hulk thing is at 4% and felt like a much better deck. Um, anyways, so there, there, there are decks that have higher win rates and play rates than, than Thanos Control, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's it just felt very strange. And I think if they wanted to take Thanos down a peg, I think a way that they could have done it without making it feel this level of bad is if they went after the the mind stone instead of the soul stone i mean it still would have felt bad and maybe that would have been a little harder to tweak but i think there's a big difference in the fact that now you have two stones that do not cycle instead of one like that that is overall I, like the the big impact i think going after stage. mind stone would be just as bad because like that's just it. You, you need to draw all your stones that's kind of the whole thing with thanos right both mechanically and thematically right like yep. you're gonna have a better time if you the reason why you know all these top players always say oh if you got mind stone on one it's an instant snap not for me it is but it's through your deck right like because it gets you're trying you the other stones yeah. and they get you through the deck and that's that's always been like yeah. I've always loved the risk reward element of Thanos because Thanos has always felt like a puzzle. You're trying to draw through your deck. Your deck is, yeah, you're drawing, but your deck is bigger. So you're not consistently seeing all the cards you want to see every game. That's why even though like X on four was really strong, well, you had to get your time stone and your professor X and that's happening a lot less than let's say a 12 card deck that runs like Psylocke and Professor X, right? Like you're just not seeing those two cards as often as you are in a smaller deck. And uh, it, it always felt like a pretty reasonable trade-off. Yeah, and, it uh, didn't feel... Hey, I just had a thought. Remember when mm-hmm. they buffed Thanos? All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lore argument, lore argument. What good is Thanos without the Infinity Stones? Come on. <clears throat> yeah, I just strange. Thanos was one of my favorite cards, and this just kind of just sucks the joy out. So, uh, well, we'll we'll see. I mean, we're gonna find out one way or another why or or what the reason was, and and I suspect if we don't, uh, there will be a lot of vocal people asking the question. 
Um, yeah, it's it's it, it feels just like when Doctor Doom got nerfed to me. Except at least when Doctor Doom got nerfed, yeah, it was because Lockdown was a top deck, and Thanos was good. But like, especially in the context of last meta, I don't think Thanos was e- even really the best deck at at competing with some of the other best decks, like the Not Move deck, close. the the Patriot deck. It it felt like a bit below that. You could still win with it. But it it was not really dominating the field, so it, it just feels like a change that doesn't make sense. I really hope, like the Doctor Doom change that I think didn't really make sense, that they just revert it eventually. All like, Thanos was last meta was just it was like a tier two deck. It was you like could win with it. It was okay. Well, no, but, but any deck that was a Thanos deck was just worse than its non-Thanos version. Basically, Thanos destroy worse than destroy. Thanos lockjaw worse than lockjaw. Thanos control lane lockdown, not as good as just straight up Evo lockdown. This was after the changes, right? There was a there was a moment in time when it was good, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying, just in the in the very last meta before he got nerfed. So it's like, to me, it's it's like, what are you? Uh, anyways, I'm just gonna repeat myself. I'm I'm, as you as you might tell, uh, Thanos was displeased. one of my favorite cards. I don't and think I anyone has been happy about it. I don't think I've seen a singular person who was like. Oh, I yeah, this makes sense. Don't or, care. Oh, yeah, I'm ha- well, yeah, uh, I mean, you're always going to get some people who don't care because they don't play the card or whatever or yeah. don't have the card. But, like, have you seen anybody? Have you seen one person who's like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for them to nerf the Soul Stone <laughs> or nerf Thanos? I don't like, know. I haven't seen always, a single person. I'm sure they always exist. There's someone. But yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it reminds me of, like, when Black Bolt Stature got nerfed. At least that deserved it because it was putting yeah. up absurd stats. But it's the same type of thing where people are just like, wait, why are they doing this? Like, I, yeah, I, but nobody the, complained the about it. Was, is that, you know, that deck was could... actually insane. Yeah, it's just people didn't was... realize it. Whereas Thanos, not so much. We have to speculate. Well, let's move on because the next topic is something we don't have to speculate about. <laughs> the season pass card, Loki. <laughs> so um, there's a lot to say about Loki. But for those who are, are maybe casual players or... Uh, for those that uh, living under are a rock, curious yeah. or living under a rock, um, well, what Loki does is it is a three cost, five power card. So premium stat line, by the way, premium stat line, three, five, that replaces cards in your hand with random cards that started in your opponent's deck and then discounts them at minus one. So if you have four cards in your hand and you play Loki, the three cards that remain will become um, your three out of the 12 cards in your opponent's deck discounted at minus one. So that's what Loki does. So let's just think about this for a second, just for some perspective. Sarah and starting is... deck, before we mention, before we go further, it's starting deck. So that's an important distinction to make because for cards that have effects, like Thanos, Shuffle Stones in at the start of the game, or Haivo, Evolve yeah. Your Cards. That happens, those aren't in your starting deck. Those happen at the start of the game. So if you're against a Thanos deck, Loki's not giving you any stones, or he's not giving you that Evolved Hulk. It's only cards that are in their starting deck, um, not any other cards that made their way in after. And and that may sound like a, a little bit of an equalizer, but it's not, because even if you're playing against Evo, um, yeah, sure, your Hulk's going to be capped at 12, but it's probably going to end up costing you 4 energy instead <laughs> of 6. So that's something to really kind of put into perspective. It's like it's like a Sarah-like effect, 
but for three <laughs> but a super premium stat line that well, lets you play a lot of cards that that lean into the effect that makes it even more absurd so remember when high evo was gonna be what like a four seven or something like that yes yeah yeah same yeah, kind that's of just what it feels like yeah it's like yeah. if high evo actually got printed as I like forgot about that stat. i think we all kind of did because like it was data mined and it never actually made its way into the game. We were all like, thank God it shouldn't. Right. Um, but this is, well, and we were, it's, it was like kind of frustrating because we were excited for it and the card alone is just bad. But like Loki not only has the crazy effect, but the, the a three, five is just can we, on can its we own. Mention the, the other, let, here are the other three, five stat lines in the game. Deathlock, yeah, which obviously synergy with destroy, but unless you're you know setting that up, that's a drawback, right? Right. Buster, uh, kind of a specific thing, and, and was recently has, buffed. Yeah, was recently buffed, and has the downside of if you make a card too big with the Hulk Buster, you're worried about like Shang Chi, right? Negasonic Teenage Warhead, uh, laughing emoji. Um, yeah, which Polaris. was also buffed, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Polaris. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Polaris is a good card, but like moving Probably the, the card, universal it... best three drop. But I mean, and then Spider Man, uh, Polaris and Spider Man, I think are definitely the best two of the bunch. But both have like an effect that can be positive or negative depending on the situation. I think more often than not, it's positive, but it's not. You're not getting that five stats without having to adjust your play around it. Whereas Loki, you're not really adjusting your play much. It just incentivizes you to run more card generation so you get more cards in hand to mitigate the fact that you're getting random cards. So if you're going up against a destroy deck, you know, you want to be able to get more of their destroy cards. So you have the synergy. And I think that's part of the, the issue is there there are so many good card generation effects that Loki is commonly hitting five or six cards. Oh, yeah. And that is, without Quinjet, that's like a five or six mana reduction. And with Quinjet, that's like a 10 to 12 mana reduction. And in a game with only six turns, that is absurd. That is, uh, it's actually insane to me that the current iteration of this card was ever tested and thought to be at an acceptable power level with how much raw mana cheating uh it enables like zabu <laughs> it's if you have a quinjet out you're essentially giving the pre-nerf zabu effect to every card in your hand and yes there will be <laughs> the, like is how in what world is that right, remotely so, okay <laughs> all right so i want to just kind of dissociate from this conversation for a second yeah. we're going to get back into it because i, I want to just kind of paint a little bit of context around the insanity that you've just illustrated um so basically this is how the new month the new season went the new the new card comes out everyone's experimenting with it and i start getting messages in discord hey i'm winning a lot with loki i think loki might be pretty good uh i don't know it's kind of high variance we'll see how it plays out within about four hours of it being released all of the messages change to nope it's just busted <laughs> and then all the infinite posts come in and by day two um loki decks right which depending on your data source might refer to it as loki or the collector um has hit with the data we have again you know the data we have is much more limited than the data that second dinner has but i'm going to refer to it as the data because i would say if 
if you want to have an argument that the data is no good, I'm willing to have it, but you can't say, well, trust me, bro, because I'm not going to show you my data source, right? If it doesn't, if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. So um, we're at about 20 to 25% play rate, depending on what slice of ladder you're looking at within two days. So like that's higher than, um, I mean, it is the I season think... pass card, so they're pushing it to begin with. Sure. People yeah, it'll always it, be a but... bit higher because of that. But think about this. When it's was the last Shuri, time yeah. a, a season pass card resulted in even like half that much play rate? Zabu, like... probably. <laughs> Zabu, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think the closest in recent memory might have been something like Nebula before Kitty was back because she was really like kind of busted before we had Kitty as a counter. But even then, I'd be surprised if it was even half. And that and Nebula is a card you could say is much more splashable into a wide variety of decks because you don't really yeah. have to build your deck around Nebula, right? Like she's just a premium one drop. One drop. Yeah. I played a ton of Nebula, but I mean, it was that it was that control style. Like everyone was playing the lane lock decks at the time. Yeah, she was great in lane lock. She was good in like the the ramp decks. And Nebula just saw a ton of play, and she also got a boost by the fact that they probably balanced Nebula around the fact that Kitty existed, but they didn't account for the fact that Kitty was going to go on a hiatus for like a month and a half. Um, so she felt even like stronger when she came out because they didn't have that other one drop available as a potential counter. Right. Um, and that wasn't even close to what we're seeing with Loki. Like it's really, it's pretty so, crazy. Yeah, it's gross. So like whenever the game breaks, that's when you, that's your time to shine zombies. Cause that's when the meme machine starts and you posted <laughs> a good one this week. I like this next one, which kind of summed up my experience really well, because by the time I started really like playing for ladder, um, Loki had already blown up. Right. So, you know, <laughs> he's thinking about Loki and I'm like, I'm not even touching Loki. I'm like looking at blade, you know, and, and trying to figure out how to, how to, how to make that work optimally. But, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's been everywhere. So let's look at the typical loki deck there's quite a bit of variance on them because the joke is that a loki deck consists of four cards and uh eight flex slots right there's loki mm -hmm. there's uh <laughs> the collector there's quinjet and then there's america chavez so you have a higher chance of drawing the other three aforementioned cards yeah um, yep, pretty much yep but if you look at the most popular version of the deck on untap that has the most games um the the cards that it's running is um it's running uh legion i believe um and uh shang chi and we were talking about this before the show started um <laughs> i i saw i i saw a lot of shang chi in these decks and and i think that that your <laughs> hypothesis that it was to deal with the shuri red skulls that were kind of popping up to to deal with it is probably correct but honestly it's superfluous really you want to just run as many card generation cards as you can this version runs mirage you could run cable instead uh agent colson's very efficient because you get two for three for context uh, like i we i've been playing this all weekend in my kids free to play account and that's what we did it was like anything that generated cards i put agent 13 in here because yeah, i just snow guard uh, we don't have, yeah, we don't have snow guards. So I put agent 13 in, um, no, I did not put mantis, but, <laughs> but, but like Colson is another one. Um, and, and like anything, yeah. Anything that generates some cards, I put Sentinel in because he was missing stuff. And I was like, why not? It's a two, three and yeah. it gives you a card. Like, yeah. 
That's you know that's one nice thing. One of the few nice things I'll say about Loki, and probably also is contributing to its popularity, is the fact that yes, a lot of versions of it do run some more expensive cards, but you can play a very budget Loki deck and have a lot of like good results with it. Like I think the only other high series card you really need in here is probably Kitty Pride. Um yeah. but oh, even but then everyone got you it could for play free. Without, <laughs> yeah, wow. but even then you could play without Kitty and still I think have a very effective deck. You just build it a little differently. Yeah. Like essentially you just take a budget dino shell and you throw Loki in there and you probably have a significantly better deck than you had before, even if it's not like the pure optimization um, and whatnot. And yes, we have seen Shang-Chi start to get cut from the list. I think we're going to see a lot of back and forth on this, uh, depending on how prevalent the mirror is. Because the the reason I didn't like Shang in the deck um, is because Loki is a card you're often playing on turn four or turn five. There are occasionally games where you play it on three, but I think that's more uh, of a rarity. You want to have that time to generate cards in hand and get yourself one to two turns with the cost reduction effect. The issue here, and this is going to be the issue with all tech cards that are relevant in the mirror, is one, if you draw it early, you're not really playing Shang-Chi on turn four or turn five because that's when you're playing Loki, right? And if you're playing Loki, your Shang-Chi is going away. You aren't having access to it anymore unless you top deck it. And you're not top decking it on six because you have Chavez. Uh, so, like, I found there just wasn't time to play this card a lot of the time. Yeah. And in the mirror, if if your opponent Lokis, they can get a one, a three or a two cost Shang Chi, and then just blow up your big thing. And so that was that's that's why we saw a lot of lists cutting the Dino too, is because Dino is a great backup plan. But if it's not your main plan, and you're giving your opponent access to a four or a three cost Dino, well. Why, why are you running it at all? <laughs> hey, just a disclaimer, the deck that we're showing on the screen right now is not the optimal uh, way to play Loki. It is the most, uh, it was the version of the deck that had the most registered games. Um, my guess is that this was probably uh, an early version that a streamer cobbled together and tweeted out and people just ran it um as is yeah usually it's the pretty case. close to yeah where it, i think the decks have gone like the core is still the same day one loki also didn't have snow guard because the patch came a day after the the yeah. season released or like the day after because it released at night so it, yeah. it's changed a little bit but generally the core here is the same like every loki deck runs colson uh pretty much all of them i've seen run kitty pride angela people take their pick of the the two drop that does generation, some do cable, some do mirage. I'm honestly running both right now because I think there's some neat flexibility there. I had a game earlier today where one of the decks people are trying is like a counter to Loki is the uh, Hella Tribunal stuff because copying those cards is often a little awkward because they're also expensive anyway. And if they get the nuts, they just have way more power than you. Um, but I, I use cable against them and I stole their Hella. And <laughs> They stayed in on a four cube game because they had Invisible Woman Modok and they only had one or two cards left in their deck. So they played Iron Lad for that chance. It might have just been one card. They thought they were guaranteed the Hella, but they didn't know that the Hella was just sitting there in my hand. Um, so it was uh, Cable has been very impressive. One argument I've seen for and against Cable is, well, in the mirror match, it's hilarious if you pull their Loki, you win on the spot, which true. 
But one counterpoint I didn't fully consider is, well, you're a lot less likely to hit the Loki than, you know, any of the other 11 cards. Um, and if you do that and they haven't drawn Loki, you're increasing their chance of drawing Loki. So I think there's definitely some pro you're, and con there. You're going through reasons why this deck just makes me want to roll my eyes. But, you know, <laughs> I think that that the community obviously has reacted to this. And there has been a lot of um, a lot of opinions being thrown about. I think we're all of the opinion that they released this card knowing it was going to be very powerful. And now we get to see how long it takes until they fix their game. Um, so let's put an asterisk next to that, because I think the next uh, the, the next image of um, prominent community members' reaction to Loki will, will kind of spawn uh, a conversation that we're uh, keen on having. So um, we have a tweet here from uh, Brad, who is a fairly prominent uh, community member within Snap, I believe presently is on a uh, host of a popular podcast more popular than this one which is every <laughs> podcast and uh does work for a snap fan i think anyways mm -hmm. uh so this was brad's uh tweet seeing a lot of sentiment right now what do you all think i think mobius that is the card releasing the third week of this month um should be emergency released next week before nerfs are considered to loki because i want to see how that card impacts loki decks but I don't think it's great to wait two weeks to see. Okay, so before I respond to that um, postulation, um, maybe let's just quickly review what Mobius does. So Mobius is a Series 4 card that's going to release the third week of the month. It's a 2-3 that um, uh, basically prevents your cards from costing more and will prevent your opponent from discounting their cards at all. So, for example, if someone plays Wave against you and it would make a card of yours cost more, but you have Mobius out, it will not cost more. Likewise, if you have Mobius out and your opponent plays Loki, while they'll copy cards in your deck, they will not be discounted by minus one because Mobius invalidates Loki's text. Okay, so this is my opinion on this. I think that this is a really bad precedent because Mobius is the solution to the problem that you've blatantly created. Right. Yeah. So it's like you create your own crisis that that everybody buys into um, and then you create the solution that everyone also has to buy into. Mm -hmm. uh, I get that you want to have cards that have play and counterplay. And maybe that was the original intention here. But I think that when you look at Loki um, and Mobius, they're cards that that kind of make your head turn. So I I don't think that Mobius should be emergency released. I think that Loki should be fixed to be brought down to a power level that is more comparable to other strategies so the meta can be, well, like it was before Loki got released, because it was pretty good. Yeah, that's I think my it, opinion. It was widely regarded, I think, as until I think people were a little annoyed when the Brood Absorbing Man stuff uh, became a significant portion of it. But I, I think even with that, uh, it was generally regarded as one of the more very diverse interesting kind of metas we've had in a while and i think it speaks to just how oppressive loki has been that you are barely seeing any of the decks that were popular and top tier during we it's it's a rare thing because of how snap doesn't really introduce new archetypes often uh it's a rare thing for decks that are like high tier and good 
to suddenly disappear. And I think anytime you see something like that happen, it speaks volumes to just how powerful whatever new thing came about is. Um, and I think that's especially like a feels bad in this game because let's say, you know, you're on a bit of a budget and you just invested a lot of your resources into getting that tempo move deck, which myself and many others were, were showing and thinking about as like one of the best decks in the format. Mm -hmm. Well, if you did that, you're probably having a really bad time this month because I love that deck to death and I'll look for any excuse I have to play it, but you wouldn't catch me playing that deck at all right now because it's a deck that tries to run efficient cards and tempo out and the, and the version I like close with wave, but in both Loki versions, would eat it alive. yeah, it, Loki would just get it because Loki tempos out very effectively too. And then it plays your late game better than you do. So it's like, if, if I'm not ahead of the Loki deck, which is really, really hard to do, I, I can't just play like, and I've seen some people like the fact that these quote unquote good stuff decks aren't as good anymore. And I just don't agree with that. I think they aren't a bad thing for the game. I think people enjoy playing decks that have, you know, a generally uh, good efficiency of cards in them. And especially in a game like Snap, where, you know, a lot of people opened for Silk. They got Jeff for that deck. It's not like these decks are super cheap. A lot of the, the decks are requiring some of the more expensive Series 4 and 5 cards. So anytime a bunch of those decks suddenly feel like they've just been knocked down... not I wouldn't even see knocked down a tier. Knocked down, like, two tiers. Just because of how strong the new stuff is and how that recontextualizes the meta. I think that's a really bad feeling. Yeah, um, and it just I think... pushed a whole a whole archetype of decks out. Decks that yeah. play lots of cards efficiently, whether it's you know uh, graduated throughout the game, like bounce or or the the good cards decks or reactively like miracle deck, because mm -hmm. the, they all suffer from the same problem, right? You, you you're just gonna get everything that they that the Loki deck takes in will get played. There'll be there's no choice to be made. Oh, I can play all these cards and win. I'm going to play all these cards and win. Yeah, and in terms of like the releasing early type of thing, I don't think they necessarily should do that. But I do think it would have been slightly nicer if Loki, if Mobius was at least like week two instead of week three, because now what this is doing is it's creating a lot of polarization where people are saying. Well, just wait three weeks for the counter to come out, guys. I can't believe everyone's asking them to nerf this card before we've even had a chance to play the card that's going to counter it. And it's like, <laughs> man, I would I would bet the farm that <clears throat> most of the people who are saying that right now during the first few days or week or whatever are not going to have that same sentiment when we've had two more weeks of Loki. I, I think it's going to sour really, really quickly, much like original Zabu did. Yeah. And they, Zabu still had its defenders by the time it got nerfed. But let me tell you, those numbers went down a lot compared to the, the first yeah. week. And I think we're going to see that exact same thing happen again. Yeah, so I think the next take is is actually a good segue into that. So Cozy um, had, a, had a thought on um, the release of Loki. And that is... Uh, somewhat more introspective. Life as a game designer has to be rough, written in caps, sometimes, lol. New season pass card is bad, equals outrage, think Phoenix Force. Is mm -hmm. good, equals outrage, think, well, Zabu or Loki. 
nerf season pass card to make it more balanced equals mega outraged. Well, I, I don't agree with this. Every time they've nerfed a season pass card while it was still um, available in the pass, uh, or 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 shortly thereafter. Have they ever done that? No, they haven't. Zabu <laughs> was after they stopped selling it. Actually, yeah, I don't That's think they've ever. Cringe. I don't think they've ever but done that. Surfer, I, I don't Zabu. think. Yeah, if they nerfed um, Zabu earlier, I don't think there would have been outrage, and that's the only thing that is even comparable yeah. to this. Um, but but I think that what Cozy's trying to illustrate is true. You you can't win them all, but I would say this right. The context is really important. You're always going to have people that complain no matter what. But like at a certain point, you can weight the level of the complaining, right? Um, I think this is warranted. I think this is this is uh, honestly like we compare it to Zabu. I think this is worse than Zabu. I think the reason it oh, doesn't feel worse than Zabu is because the game has evolved a lot since Zabu. Ladder has eight cubes per rank instead of 10. Um, yeah. And you've got a lot more options of decks to play at the moment. I yeah. don't know about that. I think that as Loki gets refined and its popularity increases, the number of decks you're going to be able to play will, will shrink. But because of bots pre-infinite, there's a lot more slack than there was. And I think that's why it doesn't feel as bad and why the, 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 the complaining journey that you were talking about zombies We'll get there, but I think it might take a little more time. Yeah, um, I think it will take more time, and I think that's why a lot of people are annoyed that people are complaining so early. Um, because, and, and like I've said this before, like even even when High Evo came out, and we all can look back and see at how busted that card was. Like, how many cards in the High Evo deck got nerfed? <laughs> Hulk, Wasp, uh, the thing, like, and they're pretty significant changes. Um, so even back when that came out, I was like, eh, give it a bit of time. We'll see how things, you know, react and whatnot. But this is really the first card. And I think that's why people like me and I, I saw KM getting like flack for this too. It, why, why we're, we're saying this early and people are getting mad about it. It's like, have, have any of us been like, I think people are treating it like people do this all the time. And maybe some people do, I don't know, but there are some people who do this all the time, but but you don't. <laughs> no, it's like I'm usually on the the wait and see and whatnot. Like yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call something like. I think also part of it is the inherent nature of like clickbait and content and whatnot, and because uh -huh. it's so effective, every time a new card comes out, it's like oh, such and such card is insane, seventy percent win rate or something. I think that attributes to it because people get sure. like baited into that, and the system reinforces using titles and and stuff like that because it. People click it. People say they hate clickbait, but then all of a sudden people stop clickbaiting and all of a sudden people don't watch. So it's it's kind of like a self-fueling uh, cycle there. Uh, but I do think there's also a difference between outrage about a bad season pass card and a good one. I think Phoenix Force is a great example. We weren't really happy with how bad Phoenix Force was, um, but I think they're much more willing to buff a bad card than nerf a good one when it's in the season pass right away. Um, like we saw them buff Phoenix Force, and even though that didn't really save the the card or make it a ton better, it was nice to see them take in that feedback and be like, "Yeah, we missed the mark with this on an, our internal testing, and we think the card should have a better chance at being played and useful and appealing to the player base." 
And so that was great. And I think people were generally happy with that, even though the card didn't end up becoming top tier or whatever. Uh, it, it's, it also reminds me of like when Nimrod came out. Nimrod wasn't a bad card itself, but the context of the game when it came out, it was underwhelming. And though I don't think the level of outrage or being upset about a weak season pass card is anywhere near comparable to when we get like the really, really broken ones. Um, and generally, I think they've been pretty good with season pass cards. Like I, I did a tier list recently of all the season pass cards from beta to now. I think there are like 16 of them or something because beta started last June, I believe. Um, and honestly, there really weren't that many outliers. I think the only cards I put in S tier were Wave, Zabu, and Loki. And then Surfer, I put in A, but like if it was original Surfer, it would be S tier. But like, those are four out of 16 being like next level powerful. I think that's not that bad of a track record. And they haven't had a bunch of terrible misses. Uh, I think they've gotten better at finding that middle of the road. I think Dakin is a great example of that, where I wasn't very big on the card. But I think player sentiment ver towards that card was generally very positive because it wasn't meta-defining, but it gave you a new thing to mess around with and discard and destroy. It, it didn't feel super weak, but it didn't feel overpowered. It was just kind of like a nice middle of the road kind of card and i think that's what a lot of people are cool with season pass cards being now i don't think everyone wants every season pass card to be like that like i i was a little bored with taken um but i think it's often healthier for the game when we have more dakins than we do zabus and lokis yeah <clears throat> well i i think that um the, the last impression we have, and there were so many, but these were the, the three that I think kind of summed up, um, you know, just our, our, our experience of taking it all in was from uh, the Jolly Roger. And, and this is probably kind of where I sit. Um, you know, he writes, in my opinion, two ideas can exist at once. Loki is a fun card that creates variability in the decks you play with random cards and powerful abilities. And I think he's more charitable there than I'd be, but okay, fair enough. Um, and two, the meta developing around Loki is reminiscent of the original Zabu days, where it came down to the fact that if you play the mirror, and we all played the mirror, we all played the Zabu mirror. I haven't played a Loki mirror, thankfully, because I'm being a hipster who refuses to play the card. <laughs> Um, whenever we draw the thing, Zabu then Loki, uh, Quinjet Collector now, you either snap or retreat depending on which side of the fortune you are on. This is the point I interpreted that W Marvel Snap is trying to make. I believe Loki will eventually be nerfed 100%. It is without question that it's going to be nerfed. So yeah, he writes, I believe that Loki will be eventually nerfed. On it being nerfed. Yeah. <laughs> and will likely not be able being to reduce cards below one, which would make him still great, but would limit the... Um, the 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 broken the insane point dumps he creates in combination of Quinjet. I don't even think that's enough. <laughs> I don't either, but I I, I do agree that it will that that Loki will eventually be nerfed. For sure. the, the question is when, and and I I know zombies that you and I are probably gonna like just foam at the mouth if they do the same thing they did with Zabu. So mm -hmm. this season started on the fourth of September and is gonna end on the second of October. I swear, if 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 it gets nerfed after the second, after the rollover, I'll be so mad. 
You know when they're going to do it. I can tell you right now when they're going to do it. I just have to look up the date really quick. So we we mentioned you sell the problem and you sell the solution, right? Um, however, this gets, I think, a little amplified. And I'm not saying this is like some super malicious intent thing. I just think it's like kind of the reality we're living through. It's it's I it doesn't feel like a coincidence to me. Um, right. But. So we're also seeing uh, a bundle come out, and this is a very rare situation where Mobius is the last card of the month, right? So he's in the final mm-hmm. spotlight week, but and this bundle, I think the reason it's coming out when it is, is it's more just a tie-in and good marketing with the Loki season two of the show coming out early October. But like a week after Mobius goes out of spotlight caches. They're mm-hmm. selling a rather expensive bundle, a 7,500 gold bundle, which for those who don't know the math, that's, that's about a, a little bit under 100 USD of uh, Marvel Snap currency. Or uh, 130 and, Canadian. Uh, and let's not talk about Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Is Australia real? Uh, good question. Um, but the form and function bundle from the 5th of October to the 11th of October contains Jet Ski Mobius as well as Sylvie Enchantress and some 10,000 credits and boosters and all that stuff. Now, I I don't think this is they're selling this bundle at this specific time because of Loki or because of like releasing the Loki season pass. I think this just has to do with them being like, well, the new Loki show comes out. A lot of people really like the Loki show. It's one of the few Disney Plus shows that has, I think, near universal praise. Um, and uh, they're capitalizing on that. Uh, people like Mobius and the jet ski thing is a funny meme and people like Sylvie. Uh, so they're selling this expensive bundle, but it's a it's a very rare instance of them selling a pool four card directly, like a week after mm. it comes out. That's never happened before. So yeah. my hot take is the bundle leaves on October 11th. Loki gets hit with the bat on the 12th. Oh man! <laughs> whatever if they let the, it go, the if they let it go for another that. month, oh dear. That's What's well, not another be... month? It would be it would basically be like a week after the season ends or, or whatever because it's, it's right the so if they don't touch so if they don't touch it until a week after the season ends that's that's a month right that's the 12th and today's it'll the 10th a, yeah it'll been a full month but i think that that's like the earliest i if they change loki at all this is my other bold prediction if we see the for the first time them nerfing a season pass card while it is still for sale which i'm hesitant to believe is going to happen to begin with but if it does happen I think they are going to be incredibly light-handed with it, and they're going to do something silly like make it a 3-3 instead of a 3-5. Uh, they're going to try and take some of the power away from Loki himself, because to be honest, with how much mana cheat he enables and how much he pumps the collector, why is the card a 3-5? It doesn't need to be a 3-5. 3-5's an insane stat line. Um, and it's part of what attributes to them being able to keep up such a, a big lead as they're playing out the initial early game and not just, you know, when they're spamming all the cards in the final turn. Um, so well, that's my bold prediction is it, if it happens and it's a big if, it's going to be really light handed and then that's not going to be enough. And then they're going to go a bit more heavy handed uh, after it is out of being sold. Well, I I say this not because I think you're wrong, but because there's a, a, a probable chance of you being right. You may want to take <laughs> note of the timestamp in the video, Nate, but that is oh, snap. Um, focus on making the game fun instead of creating problems and solutions to drive 
sales. Yeah. I don't know. I I I hope that that um, the macroeconomics show that that is a more sustainable path. But uh, what I've often seen is that uh, as as uh, as flawed beings, us humans oftentimes reward the worst behaviors. And and well, I guess time will tell if this was just a an unfortunate oversight or an experiment of things to come. I think it's a little um, bit of both too. Yeah. Like I don't think it's. I want to be clear. I don't think it's like. I don't think they're being super malicious where it's like, oh, they, I have a feeling they did underestimate Loki because what really, you know, makes me think about this is when they told us why they buffed the Phoenix Force and why they were more conservative with how they released it, a big part of it was, I think Glenn said, in their testing meta, he was like really dominating people with the, the Phoenix Force, which to me... I'm just like I really wonder mm. what that looked like. I would have liked to see a peek behind the curtain. And yeah, and but he said, you know, in retrospect, it was probably because their internal meta was not as far along as things had ha been happening on the live game. Like it was probably mm. behind the curve. Um, and Which we've I'm, seen in and, other contexts. Um, yeah, yeah, and and that happens, right? That happens in card games all the time. So it wouldn't surprise me if, for whatever reason or whatever context of their internal testing. Loki didn't seem as insane as it does now, but I don't think I'd just be really surprised if, if they didn't know it was like really, really powerful. And maybe, you know, they wanted it to be powerful because Loki's a really iconic character and it's tying in with this. Originally, the, the Loki show was going to be launching in September, but it got pushed back a month. So, like, I, I think they... I mean, they really wanted to capitalize on the, the mm. hype, and, and Loki's like a very beloved character in the universe. Uh, so I, I get it. Um, whereas opposed to Zabu, who had heard of Zabu before the season passed? I bet, I bet, because Zabu's not in the, the MCU, right? And that's where a lot of like the more that's, generalized Marvel base get, knows the characters from, right? That's all I know the characters from. Has probably most people uh, like yeah, obviously right, right. you have you have some people who are more into the comics and know like the old lore, but I don't think that's like the majority. Um, but and, and and to be fair, like when we all looked at this card, we were all like, "Yeah, Manichee is strong. We know this." But I think most of us underrated just how strong it would feel. Uh, oh yeah, until we actually got it. So I think it's totally fair to say there's a good chance that they underestimated it too. I don't think it's some. Um, evil plot to be like oh we have to release the most broken card ever so we make all the money this month i think they were just probably a little more likely to be like well this seems powerful but you know it's an iconic character and we think it's a fun effect so we'll make it more powerful and we can always dial it back later because worth remembering when the zabu stuff happened otas weren't a thing uh the zabu change was actually the first ota we ever got because if you remember yeah. we got a patch right before that season and they didn't nerf Zabu. Yeah. And we were oh, yeah. all losing our yeah, minds I because we were like, my oh mind. my God, another month of this. Uh, I've never been closer to quitting the game than, than when they, they patched before the new season and there was no Zabu or Surfer nerfs. I wasn't even mad about like Surfer, but Zabu was just too much. Yeah. And then they, and they knew it was bad because they had to release a statement that was like, <laughs> we, we know these are broken. And we're going to be doing a uh, a non-full patch or whatever that's going to adjust these cards in a few days. Uh, so if you're wondering why they're not here, it's because we had to lock the patch in ahead of time. But don't worry, we're dealing with it. Um, 
And I think that spoke to just how insane the the cards were warping the game and how much it was ruining the play experience for a lot of players. So uh, I I think there's a better chance now than we had when Zabu came out because they didn't really have that technology as developed and it wasn't a, a regular thing. I mean, we're getting an OTA next Thursday, right? For all we oh, know, Loki man. could be adjusted then. Um, we'll but I, I'm also not holding my breath because I could see them wanting to give it a bit more time as a season pass card. Yeah, I think they'll wait. As much as I don't want I them to, like, I think they'll wait. Yeah, I, and I'm they'll say, oh, we'll see what what counters pop up, like, everyone... Because look how long they waited to hit Evo meaningfully. They might eat around the edges to try and placate it or, or, or chip it, but they won't, they'll, they won't actually, like get to the core of the problem until the second or third like time that's what i think too yeah i think if they do hit it sooner it's going to be a light nerf very light and the funny thing is if it does get a light nerf i bet it'll actually look more impactful than it does initially in data because as we've seen nerf card syndrome is yeah a hell of a sickness uh people just they see a nerf on a card and they're like nah I'm good. I, I don't really want to. It's the it's the Toy Story meme. I don't want to play with you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what happens. Like, Hitmonkey's still been great in Bounce, and how yeah. often do you see Bounce? Well, ba- yeah, we don't see Bounce because of freaking Loki. But yes, before Loki, Bounce Even was before, pretty darn yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a big uh, Bounce uh, proponent. It was still quite good. Um, so... I think that we're we're gonna let's pause on the Loki conversation because I think that that um, after the next section we're gonna be reviewing some of the decks that we've played um, this ranked season so far and I suspect that those conversations are gonna drift back into the realm mm-hmm. of Loki um, because our play experience is either with the card or against the card I think loom really large for the next section uh, while we review everything that was data mined out of the patch. I propose in the interest of time that we take a little bit of a lightning round approach. Um, There are two broader topics that I want to pause on um, when we reach them, which is uh, uh, a conversation about some information we learned about spotlights and variants and the cards contained within. So we can pause and kind of have a little bit of a double click on that. And of course, the last item, which really wasn't pulled out of the data mine, but was released at the same time as the patch, the new post-infinite ranked system, uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, while some of the cards and other things that we'll review might be interesting, we'll probably do deep dives on them in future episodes. So in the interest of time, that that is my proposal. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully uh, that's not too limiting, but there's there's a lot to go through because there was a lot of stuff mined. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's good. I like it. Yeah. All right, so first things first, uh, the next battle pass was mined. And Elsa Bloodstone is going to be the uh, new card of the month. And Blade and Ghost Rider are going to be the uh, Battle Pass variants. Um, interesting choices. Uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, they're Halloween y, that's why. Yeah, they're Halloween y, yeah. but like, they're both cool cards. Blade yeah. just got buffed. And Ghost Rider's always been like right on the He's been creeping back, really right? Like, yeah. We had the, the whole super secret Ghost Rider deck, which now probably gets relentlessly clowned on <laughs> yeah it was like good for like five minutes yeah <laughs> it, it was um, it was fun and but also worth noting elsa was buffed from her previous data miner change i think it's a buff some might argue differently but originally the old version of elsa was a one one that if you're winning this location at the end of the turn she got plus one 
And it was kind of a neat design, but I mean, I think we already have a lot of like snowball-y one drops. And uh, so it was cool to see that when this data mine happened, Elsa had been changed. And this is why it's always important to take further out data mines with a grain of salt. Uh, like when Loki was first data mined, uh, he didn't have any stats or cost. We just saw his effect was mindscape, where you yeah, swap hands. Also and and I was like, oh man, I sure hope they don't release the card like this. And the monkey's paw curled. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Elsa, Elsa now is a 2-2 that whenever you play a card, uh, if it fills a lane, it gets plus three power. Oh, I'm and... so going to nerf Kitty Pride. Yeah, um, Kitty and Jeff are like absolutely <laughs> absurd with this card. And yeah. Jeff is great because it's a lore win. Because as I learned in the lore, uh, Jeff spent some time with Elsa Bloodstone. She she was like his caretaker for All right. a while I... in the comics. Good, good, good lore call out. Thank you, zombies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's Elsa. So a 2-2 two, two gets plus three when the location's filled. And if you can fill it multiple times, then it can get multiple plus threes. Uh, Even if you only get one, that's a th it's a 2-5 two five two five in stats. Premium. Yep. If you get two, it's a 2-8. Like, it's yeah, pretty it's nutty. Pretty, if pretty you get nutty. Kitty Pride, well, <laughs> oh, God. Like, think about that, how quickly Kitty can just keep getting pumped is this the next you know sherry red skull kitty card no, like... no, no, no. but <laughs> but i'm sure that we'll have uh a lot to talk about it next month when it gets released um the next card that's being released was also changed from its original data mine black knight a one two that when you discard a card from your hand add the ebony blade to your hand with that card's power once per game so this is the next card you discard after the Black Knight is revealed. Ebony Blade is a four cost, zero energy card, but that, 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 um, that four cost will remain constant, but the power will scale with the, um, with the card's power. So the dream here is you discard Apocalypse and it or becomes a, 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 or Infinite, uh, and then your Ebony Blade becomes a 412 or a 420 and, and away we go. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how good that is. It, it's pretty ambitious because it's like a two-step. So I think it's going to be pretty high roll and probably not great, but you know, we'll see. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Black it's, yeah, Knight. it's better cool with the design. new blade now that you can like the, mm -hmm. it, it's discard is a little bit more targeted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It seems fun. I know some destroy fans are a little sad because a lot of them have been waiting for this draw card and destroy for the consistency. But as we've talked about before, uh, even something where it's like destroy this draw card. Draw a card is pretty insane in Snap, yeah. and they've spoken about how they want to be very uh, careful about how they introduce draw effects because it's it's a twelve card deck. Drawing in a twelve card deck game <clears> is not the same as drawing in a thirty or forty or sixty card deck game. Yep. It's a lot more impactful, so they're more careful with it. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I think it's going to be neat to see how people mess around with this in discard. I like discard. So, I mean, this might be an ambitious discard card, but it's an archetype that I, I that I enjoy. So I'm happy to see... Uh, um, I like to see that they're adding to it. You know, they released uh, uh, Silver Samurai, which is really, really nifty in, in specific contexts. And I, I'm, I'm probably the one of the more ex people that are excited for Black Knight. Uh, okay, so then week three we have, uh, excuse me, week yeah, week three. I guess it's a five-week season. October it is. Yeah, week three is Werewolf by Night, um, and Werewolf by Night is a three-three 
Oh, I think you actually alert. skipped over one. I think the first week was Man Thing. No. Oh. Oh. oh I mean, we just I'm, have them out I'm, of order then. I have okay. them out of order. My bad. I'm. That's I'm okay. We can the keep order the order. No, that's fine. Uh, okay. I mean, so whatever. what we'll do is we'll we'll we're gonna actually review the spotlights and the orders that they release, including if they're series four and series five. So um, for now, assume that I'm talking in the wrong order. We'll we'll put in the correct order and. Um, you can admonish me in the YouTube comments about how poorly I prepared this week's episode, which is pretty true. <laughs> All right, so the <laughs> next card we're reviewing, not in 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 chronological release, is Werewolf by Night, a three three surfer alert. By the way, uh, <laughs> say the line, Bart. <laughs> After you play an on-reveal card at another location, move there and gain plus two power. So this has both surfer synergies, move synergies, and on-reveal synergies. Pretty interesting. I, it could be good. It also could be really bad, because on-reveal decks typically run Wong, and the last thing you want to do is fill up your Wong lane with things that don't have on-reveals. So we'll see. I, I, I That's... Not one that I'm excited for, but I, I do think mechanically it's quite interesting. I like the mechanic of it a lot, and I think this will be... You don't put this in a Wong deck. The deck you put this in, this fills the, the Captain Marvel slot in the move deck. It's three is a, a pretty... Like, three is kind of one of the, the higher cost cards I think you want to be running in that deck. And that deck runs a ton of on reveals. Uh, or at least, like, a solid amount of on reveals. Enough to... You don't need to proc this card a bunch of times, Especially if you factor in that moving it around the board can buff up your Craven too. Uh, I think you really only need to proc it once or twice for this card to be getting the value. And maybe people experiment with a move surfer. I actually tried, uh, before the recent changes, I tried uh, putting some of the tempo move package in a surfer deck. And it really wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was somewhat reasonable. Um so yeah, I, I love the design of this card, and in a weird way, I think like one of the reasons I'm excited for it was because back in it the 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 art reminds me of uh, uh, Gen Greymane a bit. And I, I <laughs> okay, love playing yeah, that card yeah. in Mercenaries. Uh, obviously, everyone thinks of it from like the Hearthstone card, but Gen was a really cool design in Mercenaries because he was themed around all the even stuff, and he changed from like human to werewolf and whatnot. So. Okay. Uh, even though it has like nothing to do with the how this card so, actually works, it, it makes you know it what I think of when me. I think again, Greymane. I'm going to take us on a tangent here for a second, but permit the indulgence. I actually don't think of um, even Shaman, uh, or we have turned our greatest curse into our greatest strength. I always think of Gen Greymane in Heroes of the Storm when he was OP, and he plays oh, really? exactly <laughs> how you would expect, right? He's like this like gentlemanly figure in like you know a tux, like or depending on mm -hmm. the skin that has like a an old pop gun and he shoots and then turns into a werewolf and pounces on 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 the thing you're attacking and that's how he was in mercs too it was really cool it was fun design stupid like gen is like the hard dps carry that like if carried properly just did an absurd amount of damage and they nerfed him a, a few times but i always think of him from heroes of the storm because whenever someone picks Greymane on your team it's like we're either gonna like blow out the other team or we're gonna get rolled <laughs> Anyways, uh, were Werewolf by Night. Um, going to probably see uh, some experimentation with. Pretty cool card. Next card that we're going to review, but not released in that order, is uh, Nico Minoru. So Nico Minoru is a 1-2 with an on-reveal that after you play your next card, 
cast a spell, and the spell changes each turn. Now, there are a total of seven spells, and you won't know what it is until you've played Nico Minoru. So uh, very powerful effects, but a lot of variance. Uh, so I'll just really quickly read the spells. Um, I sent the... Uh, oh, you have the thing pulled up. I was going to say, I have a graphic for it too, if you don't have it. It's there, because there are a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I have it ready to go. I actually... This is the one thing I prepared properly for. <laughs> so, uh, but, but I appreciate you bailing me out preemptively, because uh, trend, trends have gone recently. I wouldn't have been prepared. <laughs> All right, Nico Minoru. So, on reveal number one, after you play your next card, it becomes a demon. So, the one six, uh, basically. So if you play Jeff and it's your next card, Jeff becomes a demon. That's Don't illegal. Do that to Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Spell two. After you play your next card, destroy it and draw two cards. That is really spicy, especially in a destroy. That's the destroy draw that that they want. Except it's a one and seven. Um, <laughs> next uh, ability three. After you play your next card, move it one location to the right. Notice it moves to the right, not to the left. Uh, number four, after you play your next card, give it plus two power. Ability number five, after you play your next card, replace that card's location. Big oof. Ability number six, after you play your next card, add a copy of it to your hand. And finally, the last one, everyone's favorite, after you play your next card, double this card's power. Note, unlike Shuri, that has to be played at the same location. This is just your next card, so this is like old Shuri. But it's a yeah, one and seven. But it, it buffs itself. It doesn't buff the other card. I've seen a lot of people read that wrong. Oh, okay. Well, I'm <laughs> glad, I'm glad I missed it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I double this card's power, this being Nico Minoru, not the card you're playing. Yeah, that is I saw a lot of people who are like, words. man, one man is okay, sure. So it, it is not <laughs> no. like yeah, one man is sure he went out of seven times. Okay. So after you play your next card, give it plus two powers. So the the forge like ability um pre-buff forge that gives it to the card you're playing the the seventh ability is doubling nico's power okay that's considerably less exciting but i like the flavor of this balanced yeah <laughs> this is this is one of those cards that i think a lot of people are gonna pick up because it's really cool oh i'm excited i th I, I saw a lot of people who i i don't i'm not super versed in the character but apparently fairly popular character and uh People were saying, like, oh, I really hope her abilities are, like, thematic to the character. And so far, everyone I've seen who likes the character has been like, okay, yeah, this is pretty on brand and seems, like, very fun. And uh, it's neat how they gave them seven abilities because I think they did that because there's there are max of seven turns, right? So that way every turn it can... I, and the one thing I wonder is, is it going to be totally random, which it switches to, or is it going to cycle? So, like, if you've seen the the demon ability and it changes into something else the next turn, the following turn, can you roll the demon again? Is it just another one in six? Or does it only go through the abilities that haven't been offered yet? I think that well, would be but if interesting you're skipping, to see. If you're skipping turns to get a new ability, then you're probably going to lose the game. But, you know, I guess. That's a, that's a fair point as well. <laughs> and uh, do, But and what... do you, here's a question. Do you... I guess you don't see it in hand. Um, no, you. It, so it has I'll to be repeated. after you play. So it's yeah. an on reveal. So the on reveal is after you play your next card, cast a spell. Spell changes each turn. So okay. the, the way it works is you play Nico, it flips. You see the spell, then the location triggers. 
then yeah so you're not going to be waiting unless you're like doing something weird like passing for an infinite or something like yeah you're not really gonna be waiting a turn to try and get a better spell you're just gonna roll with what you got and try and play to the best of your ability it's cool to see where so where it's gonna be relevant is the spell changes each turn so presumably the spell that's revealed the turn it comes into play will change the following turn so if you play nico and another card the the card that flips after nico will be oh that's true yeah, yeah. you, so get, you probably... would get it right away versus getting it next turn and that's still a lot of variance because basically it's like okay i can see what it is next turn and maybe play around play into it although so too will your opponent know um or you can just do it right away and nico is really easy to weave in i think that's how it's going to be played quite a bit although the problem is is that it could destroy the card too so i don't know what's right um it's it's going to be really interesting well, new card i actually think this is a really neat i mean i guess it's a meme with one drops at this point like surfer and three drops but i i actually think this could be really cool in zoo because i think a lot of the abilities on the card are uh, okay. They support a zoo archetype, right? And sure. hey, if if there's one glorious thing about Loki being busted, it's that you don't really see much Killmonger anymore. Right? <laughs> Except, I think that Killmonger is is criminally underplayed right now. But I, I digress. The Isn't last card, <laughs> and this was the one that kind of jumped out to me the most in terms of being the most strong, is Man Thing, a four cost card. Q Zabu. Uh, with five power, so a decent stat line. Not premium, but above average for four drop. Man thing. So it's an ongoing. One, two, and three cost cards here have minus two power. That's pretty strong. Incredibly strong. Um, I think far and away, Man thing is, like, in terms of just raw power level, Man thing is the, the best card. The problem the, is, yeah. Of the, the caches of the month. But the problem is, like, what deck does it go in, right? Because, like, it, it's really strong in a vacuum, but it's it's counter synergistic. <laughs> it's yeah, just so... it's just a good body. And think about it: how many how many like one and two drops are you running in Zabu decks? Not really a ton, and you can play them in other lanes. Uh, also, this could have synergy with like maybe a version of High Evo that's trying to use Abomination. You get those reductions. That's what I was thinking, but but High Evo runs a lot of low cost cards. Um, you're either running it, well, today it does, it's not to say that it can't change, but you got, like, you run the triple, the three one-drops with armor, or you're mm-hmm. running Lockjaw, which you might think, well, that's a lot of big guys, except you've got Wasp and Jaw, and, you know, um, they kind of pop into lanes that you wouldn't expect, that could, you know, Man-Thing could... Oh, Wasp kinda... isn't affected, right? It's a zero. Oh, yeah. One, two, and three cost cards. The only card in that deck that would be affected is Lockjaw, right now, and Wave. I don't know. Anyways, it's it, it's gonna people a lot smarter than me are gonna do cool things with it, and and it's it's a strong ongoing. Also, because it's ongoing, super scroll. Okay, mm-hmm. fringe, so, fringe, fringe detector. So so those are the cards that are um, being released. Uh, in addition to the cards, there are two new locations next month. The first is the Abbey. The Abbey reads: first to put exactly two cards here draws a card. Oh, I, I like that. Seen this. Huh. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty cool. It's like a it's like a more hyper competitive Asgard. Can we and then, can we also uh well do you say the other location first and then I'll say my okay. piece related the, locations. The second location being revealed next month is Hotel Inferno. After you play a card here this turn, destroy the top card of your opponent's deck. Now this isn't 
one time only. This is repeatedly. So. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Null stonks going through the roof. Hotel Inferno. (laughs) Yeah, this is another like destroy card. Um, And and it will proc null because uh, and death because destroy, right? Like, I mean, it's not like discard where it doesn't count. It's destroy. Um, It's also going to be really annoying to like mill. Um, This actually rewards spam decks more than it does uh, chonky decks. It also rewards Loki decks, which are spam decks too. Anyways, uh, these are the two new locations, and like most locations, I hate them all. Uh, <laughs> so wait, I, I, what's the what's the over and under on one of these being so broken and gets removed from the game within a day, like the last location? Um, <laughs> uh, the Abbey, I don't think breaks the game, although it's going to be a very polarizing effect. Uh, Hotel Inferno is a bit alarming to me because it does the thing that tilts a lot of people. It prevents you from playing your cards, right? So it's going to be a lot of random. It also gives you information. Is it only the turn it reveals but multiple procs? I could see that wording reflecting that. After you play a card here, because you know how some locations, like, they have a specific card here this turn. But, like, is it the turn after it's revealed? Yeah, I think no, probably it, so. Like whenever it gets revealed, right? So on turn one, two, uh, or three, that that probably makes more sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's still, a good call it's out. Still, yeah, it's still pretty is, nutty because if you can spam the board a bit, you get some mills. And is this why they nerfed? Is this why they preemptively nerfed Thanos? <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> because of Hotel Inferno. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just well, be, it all clicked because you're like, it's only this turn, which you know, I guess that is a fair read. Um, I, I'm just still, I'm still salty about Yashida Base having such weird wording. Yeah, I saw that location, I think like three total times, and the first time I saw it was in my final game of Infinity Conquest. And I didn't fully understand how it worked because it was my first time seeing it. So I played a Magneto on the right to pull opponent's stuff over. And I was like, well, I played the Magneto. Their stuff got there last. It should blow up, right? And then my Magneto exploded. And I was really mad because they got me for four off of that. And I thought it, it almost cost me the whole series. I was it, it made for good content, but it was not a good player experience. And I don't know if that was a bug or not, because technically how the sequencing in the game goes, the Magneto pull happens before the card is seen as entering play. However, they have confirmed like cards moving into the location should be getting there last, I think. As what I, I think they confirmed that somewhere. Uh, where it's supposed to affect move stuff, and that's actually one of the reasons it was disabled because it wasn't consistently working how they intended. I guess where sometimes, like I saw someone move a Jeff in, and it didn't blow up one game, but it blew up the next game. It just oh, there were definitely weird. some some bugs with it, and uh, also the wording was weird on it. Like uh, the last card to get here, what does "get here" mean? <laughs> like that, that's not yeah. a, a phrase we really see, and I think it's because they were trying to encompass like played or moved or whatever other way of getting getting the card there but uh these seem like they'll probably be fine but it's just it's disappointing to me that while we only get two locations a month now we we still have these issues where sometimes they get disabled because i think uh it's easy to forget that the locations are what add a whole ton of fun to the game and i think the more locations you have the more interesting the game gets as long as we're not printing you know 
a million plunder castles, which is removed also, by the way. Um, My least to, favorite location <laughs> yeah. ever. Uh, you probably um, like it now that you're a Lockjaw enjoyer. <laughs> um, I... I, I, I mean, I played Thanos Lockjaw when it was a thing. It still irritated me. Um, I just, I don't know. I, the sandbar was worse, but it was only in the game for like another a day. One, yeah, that got, got axed. It's, it's, that'd be All something right. funny to look at next time or another time. What so, ones got removed? We have a graphic of the um, schedule in October with the new cards and the adjoining spotlight variants that were data mined that are going to go into them. So we're going to talk a little bit about the repeats in a second. We'll get there. But for now, I just want to kind of just run through the, the, the schedule and the series. So originally, these were all slated to be Series 5 cards. However, Man-Thing recently dipped from Series 5 to Series 4, which is Ooh. a welcome change, although the ratio of Series 5 to Series 4 is... It's, it's rough. bad. It's really, it's, it's, I think we're seeing a bit of a pattern here where uh, they'll do a month with like more Series 4. Like We got two Series 4s in... Was it, I think it was July. August was all Series 5. This month we're getting two series four. October it's all, almost all series five. It probably would have been all series five if it wasn't a five week season. I think October's um, rough because there's a lot of cards I want, and um, well, we'll t we'll have our conversation about spotlights. So let's just go through the the series here. So first week is oct. The first uh, week is so it's a five a five week season um, starting from the third to the ninth of October. That's the release of the Battle Pass. There's no new card in the uh, cache, and there will be variants for Thanos, X-23, and Echo. Then the you following... No, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, go, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's kind of funny that uh, we're getting, like, all the cards except for, I think, the, the Battle Pass card for uh, for this this month like all the cards that released last month x23 silver samurai and lady deathstrike are all showing up in like the first two yeah. weeks which is i mean i think it's good uh that they're giving people a second shot at these cards it's just funny to see them makes come me back so soon when others like don't makes me feel not as bad for not getting the uh silver samurai but yeah now you, gotta, now you gotta get silver samurai and the variant because yeah. <laughs> like, that is like a, so an s tier variant oh like, i know you know? it really is so that's the second week uh, man thing the series four card uh, re uh alongside silver samurai uh with the rian gonzalez variant if you already have the card really beautiful variant lady Deathstrike that was recently buffed with a pretty spiffy looking variant for her as well week three we have black knight alongside two series four cards stature and modok those are some ugly spotlight variants for them. <laughs> my goodness i stature's okay i actually don't i don't hate them but like i don't I, uh... it's not even like for me m most of the the variants aren't really doing a whole ton for me these uh, variants kind of suck week. i think like i don't they don't do well, anything for yeah them. i mean art you know it's always going to be different person to person but for me i'm a little thankful looking at this month because uh i mean well i'm not thankful when i see there's so many series fives but i'm thankful yeah. that there aren't a ton of like variants or or whatever that i'm really interested in going for because I own most of the other cards here, except for the Man Thing week, and uh, I don't really want those variants. So another month yeah. of hoarding. 
Um, looks like Lothib. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh my god, yeah. so many people say that, and it, it's, it's immediately what comes to my mind. Got like, that, like you know, um, it's, a, it's just a swamp like, creature. Yeah, like, yeah, it does look just I like Lothib. I see a Dan Hip Phoenix Force in there. Yeah, so that's week four. Oh. So we got Nico Minaru releasing alongside Dan Hip Phoenix Force, which I love the Dan Hips, and I actually think that this one's fine. A lot of people were not too into it. It and, makes me uh, uncomfortable, and I don't know why. <laughs> there's oh, really? something about the face or the egg, or there's uh, something. And I love Dan Hips, but there's yeah. something that just like rubs me the wrong way about. I mean, the aesthetic of this Force. card. You're never gonna see the card anyways because it's Phoenix Force. So I know. <laughs> let's not even go there. And a a a really awesome new variant for Kitty Pride. Um, I'm just into. I, I saw a lot of people thinking this was. Uh, um, Peach Momoka, but it's actually a Jacinto. Yeah, it's that's what I thought at first as well. Looking yeah. in style, though, for like it's it really good. Um, and then, and then last week, uh, going into November, is the Werewolf by Night uh, series five that's releasing us alongside Silk once again and Ghost Spider. Uh, those are some cute. Yeah, I like the ghosts. I like the babies. It's a baby ghost spider, and the silk variant looks really good. But like, I mean, how many like sick We've variants? Got like eight million have, silk like, variants. Yeah, this so. form. She has a bunch of great ones. What's What's one cool thing that I think is like worth mentioning is maybe not so much the first two weeks, but it's cool to see they're actually trying to like do a little bit of theming in some of these weeks, like Black oh, Knight's yeah. discard week. So Black Knight's discard, Statue's discard, Modok's discard. Uh, and then the bottom one is like all moves, like Werewolf, Silk, Ghost Spider. It's all move stuff. Uh, the other ones are a bit more flexible, but I think it's generally a good thing um, yeah. that they... Because they, like if you... The way people are saying to engage with the system, right, is you want to have four saved up. And then you go for that week, and if they are making it more appealing, where, well, if you're really a big discard player and you want to go for Black Knight, you can also go for other important discard cards, or maybe you just want to get the variant for one of those cards you play a lot. So I, I think that's actually pretty smart to do it like this. Um, I don't think it's going to be possible so, to do it like every week, but interesting. So to do see. you have a strategy to navigate October? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Now, I want to just be really clear that I do not suggest that anyone else do this, and what I'm doing is not optimal. Um, if you're not sure when to use tokens to get a card, or if you should open spotlights, I really recommend, uh, I feel like we do this every episode, but I'll plug it again, um, Lauren's uh, guide on Snapzone. It is uh, an essential read for anyone that's playing this game um, that has limited resources, which is pretty much all of us because the game's <laughs> really expensive okay so this is what i'm going to be doing so october 3rd to the 9th i'm going to buy the battle pass because you know i buy the battle passes i will not be opening any spotlight chests that week i don't need another thanos variant the and it's a repeat yeah you well yeah we'll, we'll get we'll, there we'll, we'll get there hold that thought we have <laughs> a lot to say on that x23 and echo echo is the only thing in there I, I you know it's funny echo is a card that i'd like to have in my collection um but you know it, it's just not worth the cost and it's I, not in, if you don't totally need the other agree. things right and i like yeah. i really want that variant um 
because I I have all the Phoenix ones and it's a oh, oh it's a Phoenix it's Force a Phoenix one, one. Huh? yeah it yeah. is and it makes sense because she's the current Phoenix in in the comics. Um, oh, I see. I oh, know so they're they're tempting you with the lore. See, the lore is bad, bad yeah. lore. It, it is a pretty. It's a beautiful card. Actually. It's yeah. really nice. Echo but has like, great variants. That's that's probably. And the I, think, uh, thing here, I think I think Echo is a, a respectable card. It's just. I. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just not must have. I yeah. don't. Like, it, it's. I spent the tokens on it, and I don't care much for it. You have to really be. Yeah, it, it's weird to play it. It's very. It's difficult to play. A very specific oh. card. Like well, if I you think... own it already, you might high roll and. <laughs> Yeah, my luck. My luck on that is so poor that, and I have all the other cards that just seems bad. You You never, never eye roll. You have to if you want something in a given week, mentally prepare that you're gonna. Yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah, I streamed it last week. (laughs) I got punished last week when I opened my spotlights. Remember, I had to get go three out of four. It was such a feels bad. All right, so no spotlights for me week one. Week two, I want Man Thing. And because Man Thing is Series Four, the the smart play is to spend tokens on it. But I'm not going to be spending tokens on Man Thing because I don't like it, the Spotlight variant for it. Um, although it's whatever, it's okay. Uh, but I want the Silver Samurai variant, and I don't own Lady Deathstrike. So I'm going to open Spotlights because if I happen to open Lady Deathstrike, I don't want her, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. If I open Silver Samurai, I'll probably buy Man-Thing with tokens. Um, but I'm expecting that I'm going to get Man-Thing, Silver Sam, and Lady Deathstrike. So uh, that's that's I'm going to be opening chests that week because I want the variant. Really uh, ill-advised. The third <laughs> week, uh, I want Black Knight, but I already own Stature and MODOK, and these variants are putrid. So this is probably a week where... <laughs> I would consider dropping the the 6,000 tokens because I really want the card. For the fourth week, Nico. Um, I want Nico and I want Kitty Pride. They're all series five. It's a series five release. It's probably a chest opener, and we pray, we pray that we dodge. I never thought I'd ever hear myself saying this, but we pray we dodge the Dan Hip variant. Not even be. I I actually like like it just fine. I don't think it's off putting. I just never will play Phoenix Force. So I well, don't wait, never say never, because we said this exact same thing about Snowguard when we saw it on the thing, and look how that turned out. Now there are people opening for Snowguard next week. So I... also, please, for the love of God, fix the bug with the Phoenix Force and the copies not being able to move. Nope, it might no actually bug. be a re- fine. Nope. <laughs> it might. You know, it's funny. They, I, I, they put out a big list of known issues, like fixed bugs and known bugs, and the Phoenix Force thing wasn't there to be found. And it's funny because I don't even like the card that much, but I'm just I'm annoyed on principle that they released this as a series pass card with like four interesting interactions, and like half of them don't work because of a bug that hasn't been fixed for two months or three months now or however long it's been. And so I actually did get a developer response that that was a slight oversight and it's because they didn't, they've confirmed they knew about it like a while ago. And it's, it's, I, I don't know if they did add it, but it sounds like it's getting added to the known bug list. So making progress, maybe by October, it'll go. finally be fixed because legitimately uh, no meme. I think if the Phoenix force actually worked correctly in terms of the copies being able to move, it might actually be a bit of a real deck with like multiple man human torch shenanigans. Cause if you can get it on four now, 
you move it, you get two copies to move the next turn th- uh-huh. that create two more, and they're all four eighths, so they can't be shanged. Like it, it's like kind of a legitimate threat. It's it's interesting, um, but they have to. All fix right. The bug so if I get a Dan Hip Phoenix Force, probably not the end of the world because maybe if they fix the bug, <laughs> if they, if they fix F. the bug and maybe buff it and 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 okay. And yeah. then the fifth week, I'm not opening any. I'm gonna skip, even though I think it's a cool card. Um, I'm gonna skip Werewolf by Night. Uh, more than likely, unless it's like a meta tyrant. Uh, even still, I I never played the Silk Move deck that much, anyways. Uh, and I don't want the. I mean, I like the Ghost Spider variant, but I, I'm not going to open collect. I'm not going to open spotlights for it. So October looking to be a very expensive month for me. Um, there are two weeks that I'm going to commit to opening caches: the Man Thing week and the Nico Minaru week. And uh, I'm going to get a card on tokens, so it's going to be eight spotlights and six thousand tokens Ooh. for me in October. How you many know? do you have right now saved up? I think I have close to eight but i'm i'm using three uh oh no i'm not gonna um, i don't remember if i was planning on using chests uh for mobius probably not no i don't think it's a spotlight variant is it the dan hip one or is it no the um, dan hip's just going in the shop oh then i'm just gonna use tokens that was like an old data mind yeah i actually Um, wrote like a, a really long thread on my on my plan for october but it's pretty simple uh I'm going to open caches on the Man Thing week, because um, much like Blue mentioned, I don't have Lady Deathstrike. I don't particularly. I'm not opening for her, but you know, I'd be fine adding that card to my collection to mess around with. Uh, I even having the Spotlight Gundam Samurai. I still want the Rian one because I love collecting the Rian arts, and I want the Man Thing. And normally I just buy it, but. When you have most of the cards in the game and you find a week that has two or three things you actually want in it, I find you just have to jump at it. Um, yeah. Especially if you already have stuff saved up. Like, I'm sitting on 12 spotlights right now. And because I've found October is generally a month where not many of the weeks are appealing to me, I'm probably going to be opening tomorrow for Alioth and the Snowguard variant and whatnot. Maybe Hip Monkey, Just because... Uh, I'll have more time to generate more of them over the next month, and I don't see myself using a lot of spotlights in October because Man Thing is the only week I think I'm opening for. Black Knight's cool, but I don't really think he's going to make enough of an impact in discard no. to well, justify the price. I could totally be wrong. It's probably not. It's hard to evaluate. Like maybe this does end up being really strong. Like just discarding a big thing and getting out the blade. Uh, I'm open to being wrong about that, and I'd actually be kind of happy if I was, because I think it'd be cool if this card saw play. Uh, I want to buy Nico, but I don't really want the Kitty, because I have Wedding Kitty and like a million other. Oh, this is variants. so much better than Wedding Kitty, which is such a kick in the groin, because like you know, no, like, I like it, but I'm not like I'm. Not... You know what I'm gonna do if I it so I'm gonna open chests, but like if I if I open Nico on my first chest, I'm 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 out. Like you know what. Kitty yeah. Pride's cool, but not that cool. Um, so I'm pretty like if if I open if I have to open like three to get it, and and I'll probably just bite it, bite the last one. But if I can save reserves or caches, I probably will. And to answer your question, Nate, I presently have five, although I have about three thousand credits that I haven't used yet. So I, I have technically six. So yeah, I'll I'm probably, right. I'm right there with you then. 
So I'll probably see... leave October with like only one or two, unless I buy a bundle or something that accelerates collection track uh, progression. Yeah, and so here we see the September ones where this is a slightly outdated graph uh, where Mobius is actually Series 4 and that mystery card is High Evolutionary, who its spotlight is also the repeat of the last one. Talk about it a bit, but because I wasn't really feeling a lot of the October spotlights, aside from the Man-Thing week, I decided I'm going to... Originally, I was going to buy Alioth with tokens, but now I'm going to open for the Alioth week because I like the variants for Hitmonkey and Snowguard and getting... Basically, the kind of unwritten rule I have is tokens are so hard to get if you can justify a if there's a, a 6k card you really want and there's at least one other thing you really want that week, it's probably a good spotlight week. Oh, I was going to. OK, so looking at this. Yeah, I wasn't going to use caches on the Mobius week. I was considering using the caches, the spotlights on the Ravona week because I, really? I don't own Jean. Yeah, because I don't own Jean Grey. And while okay. Jean Grey is not an amazing card, it's it's kind of like a pretty solid include in a lot of decks that I might have played but didn't because I didn't have her. Mm -hmm. And Ravona also seems like a really interesting, potentially powerful effect. Um, I feel so bad about Ravona because I love the design and I think she's a really cool combo enabler. And she is just going to absolutely get clapped by Mobius releasing a week exactly. later. I'm so, going to buy her for 3k just to have some fun. But this card is going to get absolutely just there's so much collateral damage here for Mobius coming yeah. to stop Loki. I'm going to skip with the with it's just not worth it when yeah. the following week is going to be another series four card that is infinitely better and not only infinitely better, a direct counter to what Ravona is trying to do. Um, it, it's just, it's a shame. I hope this card eventually does something cool. It'll be cool in Cerebro 3 because, you know, zero cost, I, zero power card. I get it, you know, but like, I can't get everything. Like, and, and, and this is coming yeah. from someone that puts a decent amount of money into this game. Like, it, 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 it is so needlessly expensive. Yeah, um, it's really. Yeah, they punish you for trying to have a full collection. I mean, that's that's really. What I don't even want a full collection. I just want to get every card that I think is interesting. But I I'm missing a lot of cards that I do think are interesting, like Jean yeah. Grey and Ravona. Like that's a perfect example of a week that I would dive into, but I can't because now that I've, I guess I'm fortunate that I've seen ahead into October because. Um, well, that's why I love sharing these because I think if you're engaging with the spotlight system and you're not looking at least a month out you're going to run into a sticky situation at some point because maybe you ha you don't have tokens so you have to or you want high evo and mobius or maybe you're one of like two people who want kang and you decide to go for that week you and think then that you many people want kang <laughs> 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 and maybe you know october comes around the next week and you realize oh man i really want the man thing week but it's only two weeks i'm not gonna be able to build up enough spotlight caches so i'm gonna have to gamble or something and and people a lot of people are like well just don't be stupid don't don't open on a week when you don't have enough but i think that that's offloading like the fault of the system onto the player when like the developers clearly know what they're doing with a system like this. And I think a great example is like a comment I saw on Twitter earlier where it's like someone had three boxes. They really wanted Jeff. They looked at the future weeks and they saw Jeff is not coming back in October or November. And uh, that's really, I mean, I guess by the time this goes live, he's probably already going to be gone. But if you're watching it live, 
if you don't have Jeff, like, and you don't want to pony up a ton of tokens for him, this is the week. Because he doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Ah, oh, um, man. Which is such a shame. Uh, it's it's really... We'll talk about that when we talk about the spotlight and the... the well, let's, and whatnot, let's but... do that. Because... And and maybe you can segue into it. Uh, because this... Well, this let's whole... finish... We, we, we didn't finish the, <laughs> the October thing really quick. Can we get back to the chart? I'll be quick. Cause... We did, didn't we? No, okay, I, was, yep. I, I talked about Manthing, and we didn't hear what, what Nate's interested in. All right, we'll do it quick, because otherwise it's going to be a 12-hour show. Yeah. So No, I, I the the TLDR for me is I'm opening the Manthing week. I'm not opening any other weeks, and I'm probably going to buy Nico and Werewolf by Night with tokens, because so I have a lot of tokens saved up. you 12,000 tokens and four spotlights for zombies. Yeah, yep, yep. Damn, and that October is going to sting for you, too. That's why I'm opening for Alioth this month because I was going to spend tokens on him. And so I'm right. basically transferring six because I'm sitting on 49k still. So it's not that big of a hit. But You're I mean, a monster. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how much I have. I think I have like 15 or I just 16. don't spend them very often. Yeah. I've just been using the spotlights when I can. And the the system where when you buy variants over time and you get the 2k back has been helpful or picking up some of those like 3k cards yeah but yeah that's uh, how i'm doing it what about you nate what, what what's like know. drawing your eye i mean October? none of them i mean nico looks fun a lot of variants black black knight looks kind of cool but like i'm so reluctant now i got burned so bad this past month on like yeah. the spotlight caches and the tokens like yeah. i finally like I've, i'm sitting on a little over 6k tokens maybe 7k tokens something like that but i haven't been opening the boxes like the collector's caches because there's nothing in them anyways uh, so i'm like just praying that one day they get buffed right um so my token increases only goes up very slightly with like when they do a bundle that i buy mm-hmm and i finally am back to four boxes four collector spotlight caches and and like okay i want alioth but like i don't really want the other stuff i mean i really want that hit monkey too but like if i if i open up alioth on the first one like i'd be done like all right cool yeah because i don't because like i don't want to spend my 6k tokens on it like yeah it's it's i i just look at spotlight caches as like obviously if you're generating them for free it, it's not actually costing you this but it's like 50 or 60 dollars worth of currency to get a new it one it takes forever to get one uh so yeah i'll probably will open to get alioth i'll skip ravona i'll spend tokens for mobius and yeah as far as october goes i don't know like i want that echo but not bad enough to potentially spend four spotlight caches on it yeah, it's just too much for a variant, right? Like, Unless you're spending I'll, I'll, I'll bucks, wait. Like... I'll wait a year for it to go back in the shop. I mean, th- these are going to yeah. have to rotate into the shop eventually. It, yeah, it's only eventually. it's a matter of time, right? Yeah. And that's when when they rotate back in the shop. That's when I'll get the Phoenix Force. That's when Blue will get the Baby Ghost Spider. Like, I'll, I'll do that. Now, if there's like a card like the week that Lady Deathstrike is in. I'm maybe, you know, cause I don't have that one, but like, I, I think that's a good week. I, I stand by like death strikes. Not the I craziest don't, card in the world. Like, I don't have silver. Fun. I think man thing is probably the strongest card of the month. I'll, pro- of the past. I'll probably roll that month because 
that I get man thing. I don't have silver samurai or lady death strike. So they would be good oh, for so that's me. A great week for you then. So three new yeah. cards. Um, yeah, that, that's a good week. So four caches. And then the rest, I don't know. Like I, I agree with blue, the blue, the black Knight week is just bad. Um, I, I want that Phoenix force and I want that kitty. Cause I really like Kim Jacinto, but like, and Dan hip, but so maybe that week, but like, I kind of hate burning eight caches. Yeah. The, it feels the spot, spotlight caches for a variant is like, yeah. Uh, Cause like that could be a new card. Right. And the unfortunate thing is like when you're in a position like we are, and a lot of other people who've played the game for a while, when you have a fairly large collection, it's rare when you, especially if you're someone, there are a lot of people out there who could care less about the variants too, right? Like we all like the variants and see at least some value there. But man, imagine you're just someone who compares about like get collecting the cards, not the cosmetics. Uh, it, it feels really bad when like there's one new card in the week and you have the other two and you're just like, I have to gamble for stuff I actively don't want and it's taking up what should be like a new resource for a different way to play the game yeah as the variants are they're not making you play the game differently right they're they're just like there is just something shiny to look at and that's cool and a lot of people like that i like that but it, i don't like it as much as having something new to experiment with and I, and that's also why and maybe this can be the segue uh it's frustrating that we're seeing so many repeats while we're seeing other cards that are not being repeated uh, that are really desirable, like the aforementioned Jeff not coming back in October or November. It looks like Iron Lad, Living Tribunal, nowhere in sight. And those are cards that can be pretty core pieces of decks. And it's just, yeah. and it would be different if you could still get enough tokens reasonably to have some agency over purchasing these cards. And that's why I've been able to get around the system at least a little bit and stockpiling up the tokens before the update. Um, because I'm fortunate where I can buy, you know, those two Series 5 cards and still have a lot of tokens saved for a future date. But most players, if even if they had tokens saved up from, like, double-dipping on the update or whatever, or if they bought a bundle or whatever, if they bought, you know, two Series 3, three Series 3, you know, a Series 5 and a Series 3, a lot of people don't have many tokens. I think, like, the majority of players I talk to... Uh, they're kind of sitting like where you are, Nate, with like three to four thousand. A lot of people don't even have six thousand in the reserve. So if a series five came out, they couldn't even buy it if they wanted to. They don't. They're the cash. they're hard to get unless you want to spend a, a lot of money. And and the series drops aren't helping either, right? Like or the lack what of series them. drops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's like Jeff and Lad. We have no idea if those guards cards are just going to indefinitely remain series five it seems like they are and so it's like it's crazy how much stupid artificial value i've gotten out of buying those cards day one because like ricochet or not ricochet zampage here in chat uh is saying i bought iron lad recently um because he didn't seem to be coming back anytime soon and he paid the same price i paid when the card came out it's like that's crazy. That card would have already been what series four and getting even closer to series three since it's been that long since it came out. When did lag come out? It was like June or was it June? Was it May? It was a while ago. Lad is not a new card. Right. Right. So, but it's, it's just, it's very, 
it's very dumb. And something that I realized is one one thing we complained about with the old system, right, was people didn't want to engage with with new releases because they were too expensive, right? Like it was like yeah, if eighty, a hundred dollars or something to to get enough tokens to get a new card if you're trying to get every new card on release. And most people said, no thanks. I'll, I'll wait for the series drop when I can afford it at series four or drop mm. to series three and I get it for free. And I think with this spotlight system, though, there are aspects about it that are improved for people who are, you know, missing a lot of the cards. I think they found a way to still charge a similar level pricing for some of these cards in a way that a lot of people don't realize. And I saw a great example of it on Twitter earlier where someone saw Jeff isn't coming back. They had three spotlight caches. They said, hey, the odds of me getting this Jeff are higher than not. Right? I have three. Three's not four, but, you know... Actually, no, I think they might have had two. They had two, two and a half or something. But they still... They wanted Jeff. Jeff was a card they were going after. And they saw it wasn't going to be possible in the future. So you could say, well, it's their fault. But if they want a chance at that card... That's the only chance they're going to have. And the system is encouraging that type of gambling. Um, and so they go for it. They miss on the t- first two. They spend money to get a third one because it's a 50-50 flip on getting Jeff. And that third one was a random slot that got replaced with a 1,000 tokens. Oh. And that's something they spent, what, like an additional $50 to get? And oh, so now they're so bad. deep in the tank... It wouldn't even surprise me if they're like, well, now it's guaranteed and I'm already kind of committed. I already spent the money, so I might as well just shell out more and get it. And it's like, wow, at that point, they essentially just now did they get more than one card or whatever or because they opened two things. Maybe they didn't own the other cards or maybe they got the variants they liked. So there's a little bit more added value there. But it, it seems to me that's very similar to how when new cards came out, you were paying that premium price. And obviously they got unlucky there, but I think that's, you know, what the system's designed to do in a way. It's when people get unlucky, it's trying to encourage you to break out the credit card. And unfortunately, I think it works. I, I think it really is kind of having that effect on the players who, you know, normally aren't spending a ton, don't have a ton of spotlight saved up. Uh, but they're seeing that if they don't spend, it's going to be really, really hard to get some of the cards that seemingly randomly are not showing up in spotlight weeks for months at a time. Like, it's why are we seeing Thanos for the third time or whatever when so, Howard the Duck and Stegron haven't even showed up once? <laughs> like, oh my god, those are cards. Um, I don't even understand the explanations of like like some like we have repeated cards, we have repeated variants, we have some cards that are repeated with new variants that suck. Well, they don't all suck. I was just thinking Modoc, but anyways, my point <laughs> is is that what's going on here? So a lot of people have been asking that question, and they ask the questions in the community Discord where people who work on the game answer them. And the answers have been, well, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm going to let one of you take this because I don't even really understand what they're saying. And maybe I'm being a little dense, but like it seems uh, that the, so we're going to see two questions and two answers, and they're almost a little contradictory, right? 
they're super contradictory. And they were, yeah, bad. they were like nonsensical to, to me. I mean, <laughs> not, uh, no, yeah, but, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't. And also, these become even crazier in the context of uh, there's an older Q and A when people were asking about the spotlight system as it was releasing, and it was from a different response. It was from Glenn, I think, where people where he basically said there won't be duplicates of spotlight variants. Like they flat out said that, like two months yeah. ago or whatever and this now, is it's right here yeah will the spotlight variant of a card be the same the second time it is in a spotlight cache as the first time no answer no we will have a new spotlight variant when a card repeats okay insert tyler the creator clip so that was <laughs> a lie <laughs> well okay let i'll give them the benefit of the doubt i don't think it they may were... not have been a lie but it but it is it yeah. is going maybe to be they intended incorrect. for it to be different but that hasn't been the reality yeah. and here we're going to see the context of that right so the question here it's a little long but basically the the tldr of the question is uh why are we seeing repeats of certain cards like gene high evo kang thanos when there are cards such as howard and stegron that haven't even shown up once and that's a very reasonable question right like the the whole point of the spotlight system is to help people get cards and we've lost agency over getting cards because of the spotlight system. So for people to get the cards, they need to be in the spotlights, right? Otherwise they're much, much harder to obtain as we've seen a lot of discussion around LAD with. Uh, so the response, one of the main reasons for duplicates right now is the availability of variants for cards that can go into the spotlight cache. If we do not have a spotlight variant for that card ready, then we have to hold it until one is available. We're building out our variant pipeline further to get in front of the needs to keep the spotlight cache fresh and without undue gaps between highlighting specific characters. So they're basically saying, if you want Iron Lad, well, tough crap. You're not going to have a chance to open him because we haven't gotten enough variants together for him. Uh, and so... That on its own is kind of insane to me. Um, the fact that like card acquisition is being gated behind the cosmetic cosmetic element that a lot of players probably don't even care about, especially the players don't care about it if they don't own the card, right? Like, right? They, they're not going to care about the fact that there's not a spotlight variant because they just want the card. They're not going to go for the spotlight because that would require like a max of eight caches. Just doesn't make sense. And it's not like these cards don't have spotlight variants. They do, because they were featured. Lad and Trivenal both have a spotlight variant. Uh, they have at least one. And so we see this, and I think this on its own is kind of ridiculous. Uh, but then we see High Evolutionary show up again. And what do you know? The High Evolutionary variant, as well as the Thanos variant, they're repeats of prior Spotlight Week variants. It, and so that begs the question, well... What happens if you open that week going for something else and you pull a, a spotlight variant you already own? Then you get a pixel. <laughs> you get a pixel. <laughs> no, actually, you I'm get joking. a I'm premium joking. mystery variant, sir. So oh, just anything what I, but a pixel. Just what I uh, always never wanted. Do we have yeah. a screenshot of that one? Because uh, that was another one. They... they let me see if I can find it. Yeah, no, uh, no, I thought I did. Here, I'll send it. Um, but basically, someone asked, like, hey, the Max Grek uh, spotlight. I cache. have it in our chat here. I'll hold on because I, I, I snipped it earlier. Uh, yeah, I have it. I have it. I have it. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. 
so basically some this and this is where it becomes contradictory to me right because they're saying the reason we're getting repeats is because they don't have spotlight caches or cash variants to give for these cards that aren't featured like stegron like howard like living tribunal and iron lad but especially in the case of lad and tribunal they've been featured before so they do have a spotlight variant um Max Grek, uh, High Evo is coming out as a repeat this month. For those who already have that variant, what happens for the rolling possibilities? If you open Grek again, will it be replaced with a different High Evo variant, or will it be a random premium variant, like if you open four spotlights in a week, possibly something else? The fallback case when you already have spotlight variant is a premium mystery variant. You'll see the premium mystery variant in the series of four rewards and the spotlight preview at the top of the track. So, like... This is crazy to me because now, and this is going to become like a real problem, I think, because even if you're like someone who chases the variants or whatever, well, now, if let's say that high Evo week had two other things you really wanted, um, well, now you, you not only are you gambling on uh, getting something you don't want, but it's like definably so much less valuable than any of the other things you could be getting you're basically rolling a $50 box for a random chance at a 10 to $20 variant for a card you might not even play. Um, so that's actually insane to me. I, I really, I hope they can get their variant pipeline stuff sorted out, but I don't even think that's a legitimate excuse when they say the reason cards aren't coming back is because they don't have variants for them, but they're showing well, if we don't have variants for Thanos or Haiva, we'll just give them the same one over again. Like, how, make it make sense. How do those? And w what's crazy about this is this is the same developer responding uh, about this. So it's like, how 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 does this how does this add up? How does so... this action not entirely invalidate what the previous response was? Because it shows like they they are totally willing to do repeats. Maybe they don't but want they to, shows, but they will. Yeah, that the that there's probably different there's different spans of control within the organization, and so you've got different leaders making contradictory decisions. And and in this case, we're kind of shooting the messenger a little bit. It's unfortunate that they made their. I don't messenger think we're shooting state. the messenger. Stephen's well, like one of the main people who runs the company. Well, He's like, I, if I, mean, I for recall all, correctly, for all we know, for all we know. He could have been overruled on this by by right. by Ben Brode. I don't know. I'm just saying that like I I work for a company where decision making is fluid, and mm -hmm. usually it's not a sign of of like malfeasance. It's a sign of um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> lack of maturity, lack of proper foresight uh, structure lack of um well, i suppose foresight but very reactive decision making and um you know I, I it's just working for a chaotic organization i guess i'm trying to be nice in what i'm trying to say but you know to me the way that i react to this is it just it's all noise because now anything they answer in this official forum is you know i can't trust it 
I mean, it's it's it could change at any time. Right. And, you know, I it's find it funny, right? It's, it's yeah, like said, very fluid. It's subject. And, and we've seen this. And I ate a lot of flack for this last February when I scooped Tian Ding when he was on Dara's stream. Right. And Tian made all these statements like, you know, this is probably not going to happen or this will happen. And then it did. Anyhow, I you know, I think that 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 I caught a lot of flack for that. But like the, the thing is, is that how many times have statements been made on record through official channels that have now flip-flopped you know never mind you know taking something um accidentally out of context or 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 not i just to me it's just like i don't even listen to what what's said anymore because it's just all all noise buzzing in my ear and it's it's very disappointing to 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 you know i mean when you talk about lack of trust um well it's kind of situations like this contribute to it yeah, it's like uh, how how can you take one answer at face value if like they and it, it's it's a little different in the case of like well we brought up that that other image with like Glenn before but at least there that was like at the very beginning of the system and that was probably I, I don't think he was like intentionally lying about it. that's probably the intention they had for the system but the intention hasn't you know gone that way over time for whatever reasons um, so like. I'm sure when he said that, that was their goal, but it changed. And, you know, things change over two months. But the the other one gets me because that's a reply we got like five days ago or something when they know these repeats are happening. Yeah. And so it's just like, it, it's not like, ha have things really changed that much in like five days or three days or however many days it's been since we got that initial response? I don't think so. <laughs> like, they probably already had all these locked in for September and October. Uh, so it just doesn't really make sense to me uh, why that is like a good reason. And uh, I think part of the reasoning is like there is incentive for them to make some of these cards harder to obtain because it encourages people to go through the only other method of acquisition, which is the token shop, which has been intentionally priced up due to the spotlight system being the way they're trying to have most people get cards. But it forces you to, if you do want Jeff or if you do want Iron Lad and you don't happen to get exceptionally lucky on getting it in the random slot, uh, which is not something you can rely on, uh, then you're going to have to spend the money to get the tokens and tokens aren't cheap. So it's, it's, I think it's a, I think so much of this pain could be reduced by evening things out a little bit and giving people more reasonable access to tokens I'm not saying you need to give us as many tokens as we had initially, as that would essentially just be doubling the overall acquisition, which would be great, but I would never realistically expect them to do. Uh, but like, they made tokens such a scarce resource, and their They're price is such so a premium now. Get, yeah. It's like I, I really think doing something to improve the token acquisition, whatever it is, would go a long way towards making this aspect of spotlight caches feel less bad. Because we've had so many people here tonight say, hey, I even I have like 6K or 12K, but I can't just spend that on a Series 5 card because then they're all gone or then most of them are gone and I might need them for later. And we already saw, even when tokens were more prevalent, people treated that as a very valued resource. And now they're even more valued because they're so hard to get a hold of. So it's, it's, I think this is really showing pain points of the spotlight system and the lack of acquisition having to be at the mercy of when they decide to put a card in a box and it's going to be more painful as as they keep doing these repeats with these cards and 
if you want a new card, you're forced to go for that week for a lot of the player base. And it's going to be even worse when you have variants you want, or not variants you want, you already have the variants you like for a card, because then it feels like a total waste. It feels like you're just setting that cash on fire if I'm never going to yeah. use the variant, or if it gets replaced by a random premium mystery variant. It's, it so just, here's an interesting it's an thought, Weather. On the mm-hmm. old, with the old system, did you ever buy ultimate variants? Very rarely. I own two. I own Arrow and I own Thanos. But you did. Mm-hmm. Under this new system, will you ever purchase an ultimate variant again? Not planning on it at all. I I, I pinned two of them at different points because I like to look at them. But I don't think I ever like reasonably entertained buying them because that's, you know almost two series four cards or one series five card and the tokens are such a valuable resource now because they let me engage with new content without having to use the spotlight system yeah so i i can't i don't think i can ever justify it uh, i I feel the same way i i also own two ultimates um i don't think i'll ever get one again uh i i don't know it's an interesting kind of way of summing it up but like i feel like Wait till they release Mythics and they charge 10k tokens for them. Oh, I mean, I, I, yeah. So, it, it, it is, it's a mess. And this is why I haven't opened up a reserve in, since they changed the system or shortly after they did. And I'm, I'm, I'm fast approaching, uh, uh, 80, I think. I know you have a lot more than me because you started way before. But uh, I'm of the mind that that this is not sustainable. And again, because anything could happen, I'm just going to hoard them. I've got uh, 77 saved up. Wow. And you you know what? I've been saving for a while. I got about like 110 or something. And I've opened a few here and there for credits. Right. I bought one of the uh, premium ones. It was the Kim Jacinto Electro. And oh, I you, oh, you got it. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah. But like, I that it was so early in the system, and I'd been waiting on that one for a long, long time. Um, and I don't necessarily regret it, but I didn't realize at the time like how scarce the tokens were going to be. No and one did. So right? in, when that came out, the spotlight system wasn't a thing. It was. We didn't yeah. Even know. It was like brand new, and and now I don't know. I have I've had the Kim Jacinto um Nimrod pinned since then and it's been months now and I'm not going to buy it because I'm not going to spend 6k tokens on a variant for a card that I already have that I barely play. Oh, it's crazy. And there's a couple more that I want. I would love to get the Noel Thor and the and the Venom White mm-hmm. Queen, but I'm not spending 6k not for tokens. Those prices? No, yeah, like- no, that's it's just crazy. And it's unfortunate. I don't. It's goofy to me. This system. It doesn't make any sense. We're sitting here trying to figure out what new cards we can afford to not get versus get because we can't get them all. And when we're talking about like six cards, <laughs> and we're all people who engage with the game by spending money on it. We're not free to play players. Like, no. like I've I've probably spent off the top. If I had to like ballpark it off the top of my head somewhere in the the like 25 to 2800 dollars on this sure. game which is insane <laughs> that's that's like i think i spent probably like i don't know a, a little bit more than that on like hearthstone over like 8 years or something <laughs> probably a bit more than that i'm probably forgetting just how much but like it it's silly to me 
but that's because I like the cosmetic stuff. I see value in this stuff. It hasn't just been about, you know, acquiring uh, just the cards. And, like, you don't need that stuff to play the game. But it, it doesn't change the fact that the pricing's kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it really is. Well, um, you know, I, I feel like the tone's been a bit on, 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 on the downswing. Um, but I well, think we had that... a good week, so it's only natural that like we, we got yeah. to follow it up with this. I mean, it's rough. It's rough out there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to say that I, I like this game a lot still. I like to play it. And if I stopped playing Snap, it wouldn't be to play a different card game. I just wouldn't play card games at all, probably. So I, I hope that that these rough edges can get refined because we're we're about to hit the one year anniversary of um of global launch and you know just like the PC launch a couple weeks ago, uh you know one year anniversary is a big deal so I hope that uh, we have a lot more happy things to talk about than unhappy. Hope we get drops again for the one year. Yeah, I'm not expecting it, but I really hope because like. Drops are a really great thing for the game, and it's it's like it seems to me that there isn't really anybody who misses out on it, right? Like it's it's a benefit for regular players because they get free stuff. It's a benefit to content creators because we get our numbers pumped up to the moon, and we, you get new people engaging with content. And it's a benefit for the company because it's just it's good advertising because more people playing the game. And do, getting free stuff is good publicity. So it's like, it's good for everybody. They should do it more often, and I hope they do. Right. Yep. Especially for something like a one-year anniversary. Like, that's, that's it, there's no better excuse than a time to celebrate the game and get people reinterested in it or interested for the first time than, you know, uh, celebrating well, when it came out. I think if there's anything that we should take stock in is that we should expect the unexpected for the one year anniversary because it's gonna it's gonna go down in a way that we couldn't possibly predict good, bad, ugly or otherwise, right? Just like all the other big good mantra for Marvel Snap in general, always expect the unexpected. Yeah, don't get too attached to a card or a deck or or a, a a structure within the game you know like if there's anything that's certain in marvel snap it's uncertainty there you go um but what is certain is we all hit infinite this month uh which is i think a first first i think it's the first time that that we've all been infinite um in time for for a show right there was always someone that that missed i missed it once and then nate missed it once and zombies is always day one but Zombies is a professional. I've been slower the past few ones. I've been actually like the last two months. I mean, it wasn't slow, slow, but it was like, day I, two. I've been doing it. Day two. No, I've been uh, like day four or five. Like, I've been slower with it because I just didn't really care about the climb now that we have uh, conquest and stuff. And I think this is actually timely because um, the decks that we hit infinite with um, was within this meta, right? So the next balance change at the earliest will be uh, Thursday, September uh, 14th. And this is being recorded on Sunday, September 10th. So, you know, our experiences with these decks potentially are going to be more relevant uh, um, if, if you were thinking of trying them out or, or, or just was, you know, we're, we're interested in in its position in the meta. So uh, basically, the theme is to Loki or not Loki. 
So I figured we'd start with zombies, day one infinite uh, player, who made a choice. And that choice was to Loki. <laughs> yep. This is true. I did the Loki thing. I did the thing I do best, which is copy Safety Blade's homework. <laughs> um, this is, I believe it's card for card, the one of the decks he posted on yep. the uh, on the Theorycraft article. Uh, those are always great. You should check them out if you don't. Safety's a great deck builder, good friend of the show, and uh, he's always cooking up some spice. And he was, fun fact, so uh, SnapZone did a thing where they reached out to a lot of different content creators and they asked people to rank the cards of the season before the season came out. What do you think are the most powerful to the least powerful? Huh. And Safety Trogs is or... the only... Yeah, yeah it's just like <laughs> Trogs or Dr. Boone. <laughs> Safety, I believe, was the only person who put Loki at number one. Damn. And so he saw Let's the future. Go. Let's he, go. He, he saw the future there. Um, one, one second here. So. All right. Um, sorry about that. That's okay. uh, so, yeah, I did the Loki thing. Um, it was uh, it was a really, really fast climb. I hit about like 50 percent bots. They're like half bots, half not bots. It was the, the thing is, the deck did really well against both um, right. bots and human opponents. I've made a few tweaks since then, but I still think the core of this list is really strong. Ended up cutting Nebula for, like, Cable. Um, and I've toyed around with the armor spot a bit with different cards. But, like, the core of the deck, it's like we said in the beginning. It's, you know, you run card generation, you run Quinjet, Collector, Chavez, Loki. And the rest of the cards can be really whatever you want. <laughs> yep. And you'll probably still have good results. It's just the deck does I mean, stupid things. This is it's all in, right? So so the deck that we reviewed earlier was kind of almost all in. This is all in. So the thing that I that I think was really cool about this version is um just how insane Collector gets with Moon. You can Moon Girl double Loki. It's wild. It's silly, and the the funny thing is, you don't even need Moon Girl a lot of the time for double Loki because you just Loki into their Loki. Um, oh my god! And I, that's I one of the things I think absolutely needs to be changed and removed or whatever uh, is don't let Je Loki generate another Loki. Why are we allowing that? It's it turns the mirror into a total clown fiesta, mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. I, I tweeted out a picture where it was like a mirror match and I got three Lokis and they only got two. It's like, man, they should have been better at the game. <laughs> they should have generated another Loki off the second Loki and they might have won. Huh. <laughs> and it's like, why why are we in a world where that's a thing that's that <laughs> it's it's silly. Also, thank you so much for the raid save file. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you. Uh, we're just going over the decks we used to hit infinite so far this this season. This one's mine and yeah, it's it's just you do Loki things. Uh, one thing I'll say, you know, we made the comparison to the the Zabu season a bit. One thing I will say is, I think it is, I think there is more room for error in the in from what I've seen, people playing Loki than people playing the Zabu deck. But it's not a significant amount of room for error, and it's something that I think will go down in time. But I have seen people playing the Loki deck poorly and get punished for it. Um, whereas I think that was a little harder to do with Zabu, uh, cause there was just less room for mistakes. You just played your four drops and kind of did the thing. Whereas Loki, well, if some people are Lokiing on three when they haven't done all their generation or if it, there's room for mistakes. Um, but I think even in it making mistakes, the deck still does ridiculous things. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, I would I would play it. Um, I would definitely play it. It's it's be the change you want to see in the meta, and that's what I'm doing by playing Loki. So they nerf it. And and you know, I, I, and and to be fair, when you played this deck, zombies, you were you were um, you were amongst the first to play it. So we weren't even sure how good this was going to be. So it was kind of like a, a an elaboration. Um, I you know, safety um, just destroyed with it, and I was like, all right, let's take it for a spin. Because I, yeah. I was trying something a little bit less all in with Loki. Like I was trying like. I tried the the Dino one because the the Helicarrier released with the Dan Hip, and I just wanted to play that for fun. Um, and then I tried it in like Bounce or whatever, but it wasn't all in. Um, but yeah, uh, this this version was just it steamrolls. Uh, Moon Girl card, I think. Uh, card, I think people are sleeping on a bit because you can generate two Lokis or two Collectors, and yeah, that gets really dumb generate, really quickly. Generate more of the broken card. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's not much else to say about it, right? Like, armor's a bit of tech so that they don't blow up our big collector. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. It's it's just the deck is and really, really good. When you hit infinite, what rank did you enter in as? Uh, oh, yeah. So this was the cool thing. One of the reasons I rushed day one this time uh, was because I wanted to get to infinite so we could try out the new ranking system when the patch hit. Um so when I entered, I tweeted out, I like logged on the next day and uh, I was pretty high. <laughs> I was uh, I was higher than I expected to be, actually. I think if I go back to my tweet, I can see exactly where it was. I believe I entered in at 76. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, wow, top 100. That's kind of cool. Uh, but here's the thing. And a lot of people have had like confusion. 74. The number was 74. Wow. Nice. Um. But it was day one or right, whatever. Right. And yeah, it's like when I used to enter in at rank 15. Uh, Legend, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on day it's, one, it's just I, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so you, you fall drop in like a rock right now. Because people yeah. enter and then if, than you. if they have a higher yeah. amount of snap points than you, you're just going to start following. And that's why where I've seen a lot of confusion about the system where it's like yeah. someone, because it's so early in the month, so many people are making it to infinite every day. It's just people are falling and yeah. falling. And, uh, so I see someone be like, oh, I entered at a thousand and I went to bed and I woke up and I'm like 3000 or something. So you entered and, in at 74 and yeah, what are you now presently? I think I'm like 1600 or something. Okay. 1680 is where I'm at right now. Um, and I have lost a few snap points because I was playing a little carelessly, but I've gained like a lot of them back. So my overall snap points are pretty close to where they were when i first got in so my actual what the rank is based off of hasn't changed very much the only thing that's changed is a lot of people have either climbed or i think the bigger thing is a lot of people who had more snap points than me but were not infinite yet have since gotten infinite and it naturally pushes you down so if there's one thing to take away from this uh the snap points are the number you're supposed to care about i i'm honestly an advocate for uh them making it so the snap points are the number that shows up much like Battlegrounds Hearthstone rank, where they show you the number and like, yeah, you can still look and see where you are on the leaderboard, but show people the snap points rank and I think you'll eliminate a lot of feels bads about the system because a lot of people see themselves free falling and they think there's no way I'll be able to climb back up. I think if you just gave them a number and they could focus on making that number get bigger, I think you'd just have a generally more enjoyed ranking system because unfortunately right now, I mean... It's not perfect. 
and there are definitely flaws with it, but the ranking system seemed to be something that a lot of people were excited for, and like not even a weekend, I'm seeing a lot of people who are just like, I don't really want to engage with this system in the current form, and uh, hopefully they can iterate on it to change the perception there, because I think we waited for this for a while, and it's it's a shame to see that so many people feel discouraged uh, for that and other reasons as well. Well, um, so that is your deck and your experience with the latter. Um, so Nate, you also made a decision, and your decision was also to Loki. Yep. So um, your list looks a little different, uh, but the core of it's the same. Uh, so yeah, let's let's uh, dive in. I mean, it's basically the same, right? I mean, you, it, it's all so it's the collector and Quinjet and Loki are are just great. You have some card generation with Colson. Uh, actually, Kitty Pride and Angela put in a lot of work. Kitty, uh, Kit, Kitty's just a great card. Snow Guard was really good as well, right? And a lot post of times, buff. post buff, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because oh yeah, you... Snow Guard wasn't in my list because I did it before the buff. -buff yeah, because yeah. the balance patch was Tuesday, and yeah, the Monday battle day. pass was Monday. So truly, so, that, that's your proof that it was day one. Yeah, yeah, work work has been very busy, and so I hit yesterday because it was the weekend, right? Although I played during the week and. I, I don't know. I like, I just I kept stealing eight cube after eight cube after eight cube because like, if I got the like collector and Loki and Kitty pride in my opening hand or Quinjet in my opening hand, like I was just snapping super early mm -hmm. and people would stay in and I'm like, well, I got the nuts. So like, I was running Shang-Chi in this and kept giving them away. Cause I just was like, have this big old hand and I'd get other stuff with it there was a few times when legion put in work if there was a location that i could like warp to my advantage or, or i can't even tell you the number of times that i like shut off somebody's magic lane um yeah and, and, and now snow guard gives you another way to do that it's, it's rough out there for magic players yeah but yeah, yeah i mean it, it was good mirage could easily be subbed out but i had it and it was like okay it's just a, you could well. be cable's probably better um but, well, but, you know, it's different. Pros and but, cons. Yeah. yeah, they both have merit, and honestly, some people just run both of them because, like, you could yeah. generations good. You could, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, honestly, there's there were so many mirrors <laughs> that um, maybe it would have been better. Like, hey, in this version, you want to play this? Like, pull out Shang Chi and stick in Cable instead. Like, so Nate, this was the this was the same list we looked at earlier from Untapped that had the most games. Uh, oh, is it the exact did, same list? Yeah, where did you get this list from? Uh, I got it from our our group chat earlier in the week, I think. Oh, okay. I I think that's where it was from, but I didn't. I never changed the list. Like I just kept playing this the whole time. So, but my win percent was. Uh, let me pull it up, and I, I have my infinite rank number, which is much worse than zombies. Well, I'm um, curious how much years has changed since you entered in Infinite to today. So I um, haven't. Let me let me check. Okay, so I entered in at twenty five thousand two ninety five. That was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Snap points six thousand seven hundred three. I don't even know what that means. Um, and like your total score. So the higher that number is, the lower your rank will be. So like I have eight thousand. Like zombies is more than that. And is this cumulative? Like rely on previous months and stuff like that. Well, it, it, it's like your 
MMR, so it kind of is like you. You know how in Hearthstone you have the hidden MMR that determines like if you're 11 or 10, and it's always like all over the place, and you never understand. Right. They're kind of a little more transparent here. This is like your number that that yes persists to okay. some extent. Well, and see that makes sense because there were some months that were harder than others. There were some months that like I'd hit infinite and do all my daily quests because I didn't want to do them because I was trying to grind for um the the conquest Metals. mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so I would just do them post infinite and I'd lose like crazy um, because I didn't think it mattered. And so apparently I've been like tanking my MMR uh, and people would snap and like, I don't care. I'm just trying to finish up my Dakin quest or whatever it was. Right. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and so, you know, it yeah. is what it is. I personally, I don't really care about the points, but, but yeah. whatever. So that was yesterday at 25,000. I just logged in I'm at 32,704. Wow. Yeah. So I'm falling quick. Uh, yeah. Okay. But check well, this out. I want I I hit there. Now these stats are a little skewed because I did a good chunk of the climb on mobile, but the part that I did on PC was 29 and 8, 78.4% win rate. Wow. It's like just printing cubes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember you were uh, in our group chat. You were kind of sending screenshots of, of your games. <laughs> it was just, just so absurd. It was I mean, just eight after eight after eight. But the screenshot that I have on the screen right now, and this is just nutty. Four Lokis. Uh, oh no, this is not the one on the screen. Let me let me put it on the screen because this is silly. Uh -huh. Um, and I'll I'll uh, give me two seconds. All right, here we go. And I'll there. Oh we wow. We don't, we don't that. have to show the, the, the player's names, which, okay, check this out. This is four Lokis and four collectors at two of the collectors are 26. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it, this is so cursed. It's the mirror with the Triskelion and Sinister <laughs> London. Oh my, this is just, uh, get out of here. Yeah. This, this was, <laughs> this was silly and only a two cube game, but like how crazy. And, and there was a lot of this, but People were playing the mirror poorly, I noticed. Yeah. And yeah. but like I felt confident in like I know what my game plan is. I want to get these big collectors down. And if I haven't, you know, if I can throw down an armor in the collector lane, because I know how big it's gonna get, like, then I'll try and do that. But sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But yeah, this really worked out. So on turn two, I jammed a collector into the Sinister London. I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, so anyways, that was the climb. It was pretty smooth when I, right. I hit a little wall at like rank 95, 95, 96. And I switched over and played a couple other things. I played a little bit of, um, like high Evo and a couple other things. And I was like, you know what? This is not really doing it. Forget it. I'll just low key the rest of the way. And I sailed in. I mean, it was not a hard climb at all. All right. Well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the deck is, it, it's not, I don't know that that version is, is necessarily like fine-tuned but it works i mean does it matter no. i mean like honestly it's no so the key cards i really i really did go, go pretty hard in on the kitty and, and angela they worked well and yeah. kitty works great with the collector so i i like kitty and quinjet snow guard was very good but if you don't have you don't have it but i it's, it's good now I, I think you could easily replace mirage with cable or run both you could pull out jeff you could pull out Shang-Chi, you could pull out yeah. Legion, like whatever you said. Yeah. It's Jeff for Sentinel. Um, like I was saying on my son's like free to play, I put in agent 13, like whatever. It's a yeah. one drop that yeah. generates a card. Like, okay. 
Yeah, you can play um, Loki very budget. So yeah, it worked well for me. I, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on it. My rank is bad, but <laughs> I don't really well, care very much. <laughs> so we'll, 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 I, I say yeah. it's infinite week one. What am I complaining I, about? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I still think that even though they have a double click on, on a rank in infinite, I, I, I would say don't, that number is not indicative of your, your skill or worth. Um, I hit infinite rank one. I have no qualms about my skill level. I'm better than I used to be. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. Don't, so, don't let the number define yeah. you. I think is an important well, thing. Well, no, and I, I, I've tanked my ranks efficiently in previous months. So like, yeah, I, so I'm not, my MMR is all big on the system. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, it's more enjoyable when you don't focus on those things. All right. So zombies and Nate decided to Loki. I decided to not Loki. And I did so by playing two decks. Um, zombies copies Safety Blades homework. I copy Zombies Go Nom Nom homework. <laughs> because this is Zombies discard deck featuring the buffed blades. So I played two Lockjaw decks to Infinite. Uh, this discard uh, Lockjaw deck and a high Evo uh, uh, Lockjaw deck with Wave and Odin. And I started with that deck um, and finished with this one. And there, there's a couple reasons why this deck is reasonable into Loki. Loki doesn't really like to get the discard package because they could get the right pieces and still clown you, but it's a lot harder for them to assemble it. So Modok in a vacuum is not a good card. Dracula in a vacuum is not a good card. If they get like Dracula Gambit Blade, Dracula is kind of a dud, right? So, you know, they, they, it kind of, it's not a counter. I wouldn't even say it's favored. It's playable into it. Yeah. Um, Apocalypse got stealth buffed because, um, well, it can't be bonked by Spider Ham ruining you anymore. So Apocalypse felt really strong. And the problem with this deck is, uh, you know, discard is, is always been a decent strategy. But like Destroy, you're kind of playing with your cards on the table, right? The mm -hmm. way that you play this deck, if you're tryharding, is you kind of need to snap before you show you have Apocalypse. Because if you have Apocalypse, your odds of winning has just gone up considerably. Although I would argue against Loki, it's still somewhat uncertain. So, um, you know, it's just like any other. You want to hit Apocalypse as many times as you can. A blade can do so with its new buff. Uh, Lockjaw is a way to cycle um, discard effects and Gambit or try to high roll a lane. Gambit was really good. It took me a little bit of convincing um, to actually try this list, and, and I was really uh, uh, not hot on Gambit. But Gambit's just strong because you could just tempo Gambit out on three to nail a, a, a Collector or a Quinjet. And all of a sudden... You know, a game that looked like it was unwinnable becomes a, a contest. So this was a, a lot of fun. Discard's one of my favorite archetypes. Lockjaw is my favorite card. So, you know, it's just a natural fit. So this is a good time. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's the weaker of the two decks. But I think that Gambit does give you a slight edge into Loki. Also, um, this deck gives the Loki player a lot 
worse cards than the other decks. So it kind of this this is like you know it, like you we were saying you can't tech into Loki, but this is kind of like the closest that I've successfully come into teching against it by giving them the discard package cards. Why um, people like Cerebro stuff, right? Because like you're not giving anything that crazy because they can't utilize your Cerebro or they get a bunch of three power cards. And my final boss to infinite zombies, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, they play Invisible Woman, okay, <laughs> and and then um, I played Gambit and they put a card behind Invisible Woman. I hit Invisible Woman. Out pop Cerebro. <laughs> Except I played Gambit into Lockjaw, so it came out again out of Lockjaw and then nailed Cerebro before Mystique could copy it, and I took eight and one uh, off the complete scam. It was it was great. Anyways, uh, Gambit Gambit is like a, a, a kind of a is the tech card. I think that honestly in the Gambit slot I'd like to experiment with Silver Samurai or maybe something else, but right now Gambit is really good because it really picks to pieces the 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 early drops for that deck collector, um, you know, Loki, uh, Quinjet, definitely Quinjet collector, yeah. Kitty or even Angela are, are pretty uh, important hits. All right, so the next deck is the one that I actually played more, and I think it's the stronger of the two decks, but maybe slightly worse into Loki. And it's a high Evo Lockjaw deck, and and this is kind of the, the deck that we've seen on untapped in people's tier lists for some time before it dropped off. And uh, there is a little bit of a difference to it. Uh, I put a little bit of a twist on it. Uh, when Dr. Doom got reverted to its original stat line of five powered Doom bots instead of four, uh, I put Dr. Doom back in. And because Dr. Doom is really good with Odin, I put Odin back in and turns out that wave is a reasonable check into loki so if you wave on five it's kind of gonna make their life a little difficult but not so much the real trick with this against loki is you want to wave on four because they're not expecting it on four and then you odin on wave on five and then that creates a situation where you've kind of made a mini Sandman and you might trip them up and be ahead on the board and win. Then on turn six, you could play Dr. Doom or you could play your huge Hulk that's been gaining energy on the previous turn. So you know, we took out Ham, we took out Dracula, and now we're playing the Wave Doom Odin. Um, the deck plays the same way it always has. Your objective is to either play Lockjaw or Thor on three. Um, you want to win a lane with Thor and or Lockjaw, and then you'll typically win a second lane with like Magneto or a Hulk, um, or or you know cards of that nature. Um, the only difference between this version and earlier ones is the Wave Doom Odin dynamic is an alternative line you can take, um, but it's still pretty linear and easy to play. Like you know Wave on four, Odin on five, big card on six. You know it kind of follows that established pattern. Um, mm -hmm. The reason why this is worse than the other deck into Loki is because even though they get a bunch of big cards and it's awkward, there's still big cards they can play against you. So sure, they won't have the buffs from the Hulk from Evo, but it's still probably going to be a, a 412, right? Um, yeah. And so generally they can maybe play two of your cards and, and, and wave kind of... It, it's less good if you just openly play it on five so anyways I, I i thought this deck performed quite well but uh i i i i finished the climb off with the discard i had a little bit of a harder month i um i struggled in the 90s a little bit i actually fell from 93 to 89 
and had to go back. That was a blast oh, yeah. for the past, yeah. And I think it's because I was handicapping myself by not playing Loki, but I refused to do it. And I don't begrudge anyone for doing it. I, I don't know. I just decided I irrationally hate the card and, and I don't <laughs> play it. I entered in at uh, 12... I don't even remember. Sorry, let me quickly pull it up. Um, I'm always looking for the bird icon. Now I have to look for the giant X. <laughs> I entered in at 12.50, and that was on Friday night. And I just looked at my rank a uh, second ago and forgot it because I'm old. I think I was... I've decayed from 12.50 on Friday night to 16 something. Yeah, you're about 16, where I 18. am. Yeah. So, so this is. Points. So so this is yeah. Does it say what my snap points are? I have 8,422 snap points. Yeah, we're like right at the same point. Okay, so this is why the system is meaningless. I'm gonna make a, a series of statements um, about zombies and Nate as um, players, and I'm not saying this to speak ill or or well of them um we have our our relationship is such that we can we can we can be honest with this so my mmr in snap is comparable to zombies and nate's mmr i don't know whose it's comparable to but it's considerably <laughs> lower than both of ours i rate zombies as a far better player than myself and nate i view myself pretty much the equivalent of nate's skill so you know, for those thinking that the that the that the rank means something, I think this is a great example just between the three of us that show that um, it's quite possible that my rank is inflated and Nate's rank is possibly underrepresented. Um, also, uh, you know, people that have multiple accounts like Smurfs um, have shown that you know because they play fewer games and and are really focused on winning on the Smurf, the Smurf is quite a bit higher than, than the main so there, there's quite a bit of variance here so if you have a big number don't don't sweat it um and if you have a small number don't let it go to your head yeah otherwise you might be in for a rude awakening when more people and I think, get in luckily, and they place higher i think that 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 that's true in some cases where the the number did go to some people's heads and and uh were you know disappointed with where they placed it doesn't mean anything. If you if you hit infinite, just be happy about that. I I I, I, mean, I know it's really easy to say and, and difficult to live, but like you know, I think that this example between the three of us just shows that it's not indicative of 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 our you know. Doesn't define you as like a player, right? It doesn't mean you are the best player, and it doesn't mean you're the worst player just because you have this number now. Because the number was always there. Uh, it's just you didn't see it before, essentially. Right, um, and I think yeah. Well, there's so much that goes into it. Like, if I did nothing but play the best deck and try hard all the time, and didn't goof off post infinite, like, you yeah, know. you could be in a much different place. And I think that's where a lot of people are frustrated with the system because they don't like how uh, older seasons played into it when infinite yeah. was viewed as a casual mode. And it sounds like they probably are going to be doing some corrections around that to be basing on more recent stuff rather than the past stuff. Uh, but I think it's totally fair that a lot of people feel kind of demoralized from seeing players who were in bot MMR have like 2k more stuff than them. And it's like, well, on one hand, the reason those players got into bot MMR was because they're really good players, right? So I'm not trying to take away from them. They, It's not like they got there just because they were farming bots. They got there because they were crushing people so much, <laughs> they put them in a limited MMR range. 
But at the same time, there are other people, and I'm definitely one of those people, who is like, I actively would not have fun playing the game if I was anywhere close to bot MMR. It's I don't. It's just yeah. not fun it's for like, me, and like I didn't want. And it's also, I think, not a good stream experience. And nah, I, it's like people like, that that like it's like it's going from one extreme to the other. So now it's like people who are like botting are now going to have like super sweaty try hard ladder, which I guess some people like to watch, but it can get. It can, you know, honestly, like from a viewing experience can be dull because like right now you're just going to be seeing Loki mirror after Loki mirror. And that's not good. I don't, know, I don't think that's particularly interesting, but to each their own, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, so there's a couple of ideas you could try um, if you, you know, don't want to play Loki. My hope is that if you're listening to this um, after Thursday, the 14th, uh, this won't be relevant anymore because they will have hit Loki with the big nerf stick, but I am Opium. not going to hold my <laughs> breath. So, um, yeah. So that's that's where we are with our deck. So congrats on, on hitting early infinite, guys. And, Thanks, uh, yeah, it was fun. And, uh, yeah. Uh, like you, Nate, I'm going to be... Grind- that's why I haven't That's why I haven't played a single ladder game because I'm grinding, I'm grinding my medals. I want to get that Odin uh, variant. It's uh, pretty sweet. That's yeah, how that's we do. I mean, nice. Yeah, typically, like I'll push infinite first, and then when that's done, like, all right, cool. Now it's time to go try to chase after the variant or whatever, right? In conquest, whereas infinite, even though they added this whole system, you don't get anything for it. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. In fact, I think it's probably better for the health of the player base that there isn't. You don't get anything for it. Because I think people would really stress oh gosh, out if yeah. you got stuff for it. Even if it was something dumb like a title or whatever, you get a lot of people stressing out about it. And uh, I don't think that's something they really want to encourage. Um, like, it's cool. I wouldn't mind if they added a title or something because I feel like that's such a, a low value thing. But, like, yeah. I've seen some of the complaints about Ladder be the fact that there's not you know some reward for you it get the like, card back for hitting infinite isn't that enough like in hearthstone they gave saying. you they gave like, you yeah. one like the first time you did it this one there's like a new one each month i don't know a i lot of people don't even get that so and yeah. a lot of people feel bad that they don't get that so like i think they they don't really need to be introducing some incentive for for no, there's enough or whatever there's enough effing fomo in this game already um so <laughs> on that on that cheerful note um i think that it's probably about time we wrap we've been going at it probably close on to three hours there was a lot to talk about this week so i, I hope that uh for those who've made it to this point found the conversation engaging and and interesting and authentic um so uh before we say goodbye zombies why don't you share with the good folks that are listening watching live etc where they can find your content and you online sure yeah so uh you can find me here on twitch zombies with a z go nom nom um youtube zombies with an s the end of it go nom nom same with uh, twitter or x or whatever you want to call it uh yeah, I'm doing more regular streams, been doing more YouTube stuff recently, just been getting getting back in the, the snap groove a bit, trying some different stuff out with content. It's been pretty enjoyable. Um recently did a tier list on all the the season pass cards that have come out since the, the game released, and that was a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed doing that. Uh so 
if you want that or some content going around decks and, and stuff like that as new cards come out and all that kind of stuff, definitely check those places out. Excellent. And Nate, where can the good folks of the internet find you? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at NateWolfTCG, N-A-T-E-W-O-L-F-E-T-C-G. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy hanging out with y'all and talking about the card game. And sometimes we love it. Sometimes we complain about it. But uh you know, it's always a good time hanging out with you guys. So appreciate being here. Thanks everybody for hanging out and watching. Likewise, I I concur with your assessment, Nate. You can find me on on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash b l u t r a n e. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, where you can look at the same things that I post on Twitter. I'm trying it out as a as a backup. Um, so you can find me there at, uh, it's, uh, Instagram.com forward slash blue train, but instead of a B it's a pipe and a three <laughs> really hard to get Instagram names. A lot of people use the platform apparently. So, um, yeah, I'm mostly active on Twitter. You can also find me on the born to be wild discord. So, uh, there is a sister podcast, wild hearthstone podcast, the OG born to be wild. Nate is also the host of that as well. Um, and we really appreciate that uh, they uh, let us borrow Nate's time to be part of this project and utilize their Discord and their Twitch page uh, that we stream with in real time as well. Um, even if you're not into Hearthstone, the Born to Be Wild Discord has a pretty active snap section with uh, a lot of uh, folks that are part of our playing circle. So uh, please feel free to come hang out and interact. We'd love to see you there. And uh, we're going to leave it there. You know, what does it mean to keep it Cosmo? Well, I think it's keeping it authentic. And I hope that we did that, both highlighting the good and pointing out things that maybe we think could be done better. So we'll leave it there. Till next time, keep it Cosmo. <laughs> keep it Cosmo. Keep it Cosmo. Enough said, bub.